tanks. Austin, can you hear me? Yes. John, can you hear me? I can hear you. Gabe, can you hear me? Cool. Welcome back to another episode of the Weekly Call. We've got John in Kelowna, BC, myself in Wakefield, or in Elmer, Quebec, Gabe in Wakefield, Quebec, and Hammer in Toronto, Ontario. I think it's episode 194, uh, creeping up on 200. Gentlemen, how are, uh, how are you doing this week? How's your week? How are you doing, Austin? Yeah. Uh, I'm doing pretty well. I think that uh, um, I, I, I learned something new about my time management last week. I know I spoke to you guys a little bit about saying no more. Um, and I've started to do <laughs> so. Which has been uh, which has been good. I now don't have, except for one day a week that it's like extremely unavoidable. <clears throat> I rearranged all my commitments and meetings to not have any meetings after one p.m. That's like that that start or sorry that that end at one p.m. So that means like um, from one p.m. onwards, I get to focus on um, a lot of things that my business needs, which uh before up until this point was kind of just getting taken up by like like it was just the weirdest feeling like the the week would end or a day would end and I would have worked like 12 or 13 hours and I wouldn't really have like a large sense of accomplishment of like actionable things that I know I needed to get done get done and so I was hmm. realized it was just because I was effectively just saying yes without realizing it to meetings and commitments past a certain Can you time. maybe give a few examples of things that you were saying yes to previously, but that you're now saying no to? Uh, yeah. So like, uh, let me just look back at my calendar here. Give you an example. They're all kind of one-off things, but they all pile up like, sure. I post an Indeed ad where people can, uh, once I qualify them, I send them a link and they can book themselves into free spots in my schedule for a preliminary, like an interview qualification call, which is really stupid because I synced my Google Calendar with Indeed. So they just like find a 30 minute window somewhere, which is the stupidest thing. That's so crazy. Yeah. Um, I said yes to doing a home show that is like kind of far out of my turf, but on average gets me like two to four jobs a year. But at the same time, like the other location that's already there can easily just like <laughs> send me the leads from people that are, that are there, you know? Um, Dude, isn't a trade show like a 20 hour commitment? No, no, no. Well, it is if you're running it like solo, for example, but like like the, a bunch of people from Rydell were running it. So it's like me being there was just to help, but not to like. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, really big impact on my schedule is actually like certain franchisees being ready to do calls. Right. So like they get enough leads, they're now doing phone calls, they, they're, you know, qualification calls for appointments. And me saying, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll do that. Like, you know, 
Thursday at 4 p.m. or whatever, right? Um, yeah. What's another thing? Uh, so what are you? So what are you now saying yes to? Well, that's a good question. So you couldn't wh- before. Well, essentially, what would happen was that people would ask things of me. Um, and by people, I mean, usually like franchisees or, um, a commitment would come up that has to do with like the, the coaching side of my life or the business development side of my life, not my friend, not my franchise side of my life. And I would say yes to those things, which would inevitably just leave me less time to work on my business, work in my business or on my business. Um, so now by saying no to um, one area of my life in a specific time domain, I'm now saying yes to having uh, three to four hours a day per week. So, you know, 15, 15 hours um, available to be mentally present in my business and actually uh, lead the way to hitting our goals. And um yeah, that, were that, you starting to notice maybe that you weren't going to hit your goals based on you saying yes to other things? Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. When did, when did you make that realization? Like, was there like was there like a, a data point that hit you, or was there yeah? I think it was on uh, it was on Tuesday this past week in my meeting with Adol. We were just looking at my calendar and and um, you know he manages so much more than I do with like other businesses and other things and I was like look like I like I'm clearly at like a like a whatever you call it a ceiling or a glass ceiling or something or or at a a hurdle you know in order for me to have an effective year this year with uh doing my goal like the goal for revenue with the Udaway franchise is um with my franchise is 2.5 million and in order to do that while uh, coaching or leading a eight, uh, seven other locations, I was going to require a different version of my time management ability for sure. So I brought that as a question to the meeting to pick apart. And effectively throughout that meeting, we just figured out that the way I was balancing my time commitments just made no sense. Like, I wasn't Who'd you giving, take it to? What meeting is this? Sorry. It's just I'm my sorry. weekly one-on-one meeting with Adol for one hour. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. But at the same time, like, I had, <laughs> I had, like, commitments where there was one day in particular, I think. Let me see if I can find it. It was, like, because really I, I, I kind of wear two different hats, right? Like, I'm running my own franchise. I coach other franchises and, and have, like, business development r- responsibilities for for, like, creating new things, pushing out new systems and, and testing them. And, and three jobs pretty much. And I, I don't, I never had considered the impact of like switching hats throughout the day. So it's like, I have a meeting with our financing company at nine. And then the next thing I'm doing calls with a franchisee at 10 30. And then I'm doing like, bro, a marketing session or something that's you know? so it's tough like, on it's like, like your dude, personality what? yeah <laughs> you i know gotta, like switch first literally i'd have like a 10 minute gap to be like okay i'm literally a different person now you know and that was yeah, actually relate to that with uh pure yeah i bet dude Bro. so 
Uh, anyway. That same realization this week. I'm glad you're saying that. And I took kind of a certain approach. But now you just try to bulk everything together back to back to back in one area of your life. And it just feels so much more natural. That's what Lane, uh, Tristan's father, has suggested to me. Yeah, he like said, almost days of the week. You... Well, he said, he said that uh, he kind of broke down like maybe like what my, like in order to hit my goals with Pierre, he kind of broke down a bit of like what my time and commitment would have to look like. And he made the suggestion that uh, I actually do two four-hour shifts rather than one full day. Um, right. I wasn't necessarily 100% sold on that. But but the main thing I did get from him, though, was that I should separate it because effectively, like, what the way I was doing it was similar to you, Austin. Yeah. Which was that I was effectively just blending my pure things into ProWorks. Yeah. And, you know, like, so, like, most of the stuff that I was doing for pure up until now it was like miscellaneous items that were like kind of were just admin stuff or like tasks that you kind of could batch with maybe other admin tasks that I was doing with ProWorks. But it, it's still like going from like writing a Pure email to then going to a ProWorks email. It is sort of interesting, like having to like just like switch your mindset a little bit. So true. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh but but even like the the um there's a bit of a mental toll as far as like switching hats that uh kind of hard to yeah. quantify like like you can like you can build a schedule that looks totally fine and then you're like oh this is interesting like here i find myself you know you need to go do this thing and it's like wow like that's a bit of a hurdle to get over right and there's there's maybe there's a there's a bit of a pull yourself from a bootstraps kind of mentality yeah. or there's a bit of a but then there's also kind of like a you know not chasing two rabbits kind of idea too right on the same day, at least. Yeah. Yeah. Me, me, me and James actually had a full blown, like multi, like a, like a conversation that lasted like a couple of months around this. <laughs> a couple of and, months. Like, oh, yeah, we'll pick oh, this yeah, back yeah. up tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like we just pick it up every now and then complete it, polish it, revisit it. <laughs> nice. Test it. I love that. I love yeah. that. Yeah. And the conclusion we both came to that it's like, um, you just got to pick one role because what happens if you wear different roles? Like you're either a capital allocator or a sales manager, you know? And it's mm. like, if you're trying to perf- like activate like perfection and what you're trying to achieve, then you need to <clears throat> delegate those out to somebody better. So for example, you know, I would go from like spending three hours reading data, calculating statistical significance, and then like I'd jump on a call, like a sales call. And like, there's like, no, I'm still in my analytical mode. So it doesn't work. So it's like if you zoom out and out and out, if you want to remove it at the root, I should be basically delegating the thing that I'm not enjoying the most or not the best at, which is like media buying. I should get a media buyer and put all my attention on becoming a great sales manager and building my sales team because that is one, the highest leverage skill set and what I'm really talented at. So it's like, okay, that's what that is. And that's the conclusion we came to. And it was kind of an ugly one because it's like, oh, it means I have to spend all this money and time hiring and building systems to delegate it to, but it's the whole point of a business. So, and, and uh, what was maybe some of the dialogue that came that helped you get to that conclusion? Um, it's just around efficiency, I guess even more specifically, like why was it not possible for you to manage multiple roles? No, it, it is possible, but it's like if you think about what is the most optimal. Mm-hmm. 
Like imagine truly, John, for a second that if all you did all day, every day in Aurelius was just allocate capital, reach like reports and do accounting, like not even, sorry, do accounting, but read accounting statements. And then you had like a business partner or a clone of yours that literally just ran your people, managed your people, your customers, everything people related, just another human being took off your hands. I mean, yeah. how much how much more successful would you be in the 20, 30 years? Yeah, for sure. Well, it depends because, so if I did that now, not very successful, but there's sort of, it seems to be like a catch 22 situation in some, like, like there, there, like there is, um, seems to be periods in which you do need to wear multiple hats. Correct. Like, so for example, when you first start your business, you know, you're kind of passing different hats off, right? Yeah. Then there's also, have you guys noticed this phenomenon where, like, once oh you pass off. Oh my God, dude. Role, this is such a great going point. Back into that role is actually. Quite oh my God, dude. Yeah, so <laughs> this has been so. Laughing yeah, I've experienced this like, so dude, much no with way. Mark. No because <laughs> since. Since uh, May of 2020, <clears throat> I have not been r- responsible for like running a job site. Okay. Mm. Then during COVID, um, well, obviously COVID was like May 2020, but oh, yeah, um, yeah. Mark got COVID right in the height of of like the pandemic, or or actually actually he didn't get COVID. He just had to quarantine. Remember when the rules were like, and you had you to had to quarantine business. for longer if you were negative. Remember that bullshit? It was like if you were negative, you needed to do 14 days. But if you were positive, it was 10 days. Like no, it's fine. Anyway, so you had to do 14. So I, I had to step back in yeah, and yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah. literally, I felt like I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, no, I don't. it wasn't that you told us this story. It actually yeah. wasn't that I felt like it was beneath me by any means. I actually felt less F able to do it. No, 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 no. Yes, yes. Because there's no compounding happening. All your attention and focus is on something else, right? <laughs> so i've just been thinking about that a lot and like for february like it's so funny how we all kind of arrive at the same things at the same time it's so mm-hmm. but like in Dude, literally february you I can then have fun on your next my sales entire call. february like, blocked you know, off where i'm not going to do any it's... sales calls because for this entire month i'm going to work on the product <laughs> no the i know and the i get that yeah and it's yeah yeah no, but that's fine. I just I'll just take like, like a half day. There. I'll like listen uh, to my, yeah, my like, top you, wins. Mark I'll is find myself. Mark managed one point five million dollars of roofing production. Wait, 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 I think we're awesome like, those, what we were just talking. He's better yeah, yeah, exactly. production than that's me now. Okay. Straight up, like he's he's gonna be better than me. Last year, Gabe sold more work than I did. Gabe is like I I went to an estimate with Gabe on the weekend, and I'm listening to Gabe present mm-hmm. like do his whole presentation as though like. That's almost good. like I'm the client and I'm like, damn, like I'm, I'm learning how, like, how to, how to like, ma- like, uh, work the process, you know, because that's Gabe does sales. Like he does everything from lead acquisition to collecting deposits. And then he, and then he just repeats that process like over and over and over. And like, there is, there is a benefit to, to doing that, you know, like, and Wearing different hats, like, about. Y- you'd be naive to suggest there's no impact on your ability. You can't catch up. Gabe sold. Gabe sold nine. I sold six. 
How much sales do you do for like so of that two point five million? Um, my commitment is to sell a million. Uh, well, of the 1. Is to sell one point five. How much and if we did, do uh, Mark sell versus or not Mark? Um, if we do like no, we pretty much split almost okay. everything. Like he he tackles his own leads, but he also we also have like a another salesperson that's really only involved mm-hmm. in marketing and door to door and lead gen. And uh, is it he, he does outbound him, do inbound but then kind of also. Thing, yeah. Uh, shout out to shout out to Justin. He listens to the podcast as well, um, and we also kind of split web leads as there are online leads as they come in. So just fifty fifty, pretty much. But but yeah. uh, him marketing more than me. Um, yeah, like I go marketing once a week with the boys. So then where does the where does the him selling more than you come from? Oh, I see. So you yeah. still have to do your own marketing. And then you're okay. Okay. Well, okay. And I'm, I'm asking because I'm because obviously all of us are sort of at this point. Yeah, sales are like operations. Part where we're, yeah. you know, because at some point in this podcast, we were talking a lot about how to like hire sale uh, production managers and things like that, and we've all kind of gotten past that part. The next phase that now we're all entering into is um, the sales mm-hmm. managing. So like, um, we're now off offloading. Mm, well, I would say all at the same time. Right now, all of us are in the same spot where it's a natural progression. All of us are now in the stage of trying to um, onboard and and uh, delegate our, our marketing and sales, and I, I just I wanted to kind of run because I'm realizing that maybe my system's not very formal, um, which tends to be how I do most things. But it uh, like with with Brady, like how how do you guys think that I should um, maybe run run that transition over right? Like is the like because because uh, nice. Like currently, basically, he does all of the outbound, almost exclusively. So he hired, um, r- recruited, and hired. So he did all the interviews. Uh, his own uh, door knocking team. So he has like five people, and they all work. You know, anywhere from six to I think twenty five hours is the most that somebody who works per week. So they all have different time time commitments based on. You know, some are high school kids that, you know, want to work every single day after school and some, you know, are high university students can only work a few days. But anyway, so he's recruited and hired his own, uh, his own marketing team. And, uh, nice. him and I work together as far as like where they should go and things like that. But we're working towards that being also delegated to him as well. Like once Brady understands the market of Kelowna, like in the flow of where people should go, we have a folder where he'll be able to over time know where to send people at certain times of the year, like. You know, and that kind of thing. So it's working towards that. But anyway, so the leads come in and the, his his marketing team enters the leads and any leads he gets, he enters himself. You know, so it's all kind of nice and systemized that way. And then I basically, um, we start, him and I both start making our calls around nine to 10. And uh, basically it's my, my commitment that before we both start making calls, I kind of take the ones that I want to take, you know, based on maybe where I have estimates that week or where he has estimate, you know, like, so we kind of yeah. like, are selective that way like so if i already have a bunch of estimates in one area of town i'll take all of the estimate or all the leads in that area of town so then that way that's how we kind of divvy up 100 currently yeah um but for the most part i've been kind of giving them as much of the outbound as possible because i want to get them to get that experience and get those reps in if that makes sense it's almost more it's almost more important that 
we almost like miss out on some potential sales because I'm not the one doing them, but so we can get some more data and feedback from him. Right. Which has been very challenging for me. Right. Um, And then, so then anyway, so, but, but the goal is that, you know, within, by the end of the preseason that outbound is just his, just his baby, you know, like, so he just, he's just in charge of outbound at all times. Right. Uh, which will be he also can, so that can way I'm only like assuming that, we have right? a similar structure and likely earn the goal at that point would be to more or it depends on how you pay him I guess but earn more which on should be fairly straightforward that. because the inbound is in my opinion would be much easier to to manage than the outbound the outbound oh, is okay. much more work right um, oh got it but okay cool Brady is uh, exactly. Brady has a fairly unique so the, the, pay structure where he's paid only on the profits of the business, regardless of whether or not he sells the job. Yeah, mean, but but it's unique in the sense that we're working towards him. Hundred percent. The goal by the end of the year is for him to be a partner in the business. Yeah. So so if I was hiring him just as a sales rep, the, the, I would never do this pay structure. But. The goal, the reason why I'm doing the pay structure this way is because I want him to kind of have a view of like ownership yeah. of the business in, in one sense, right? And then by the end of the year, we'll have. But then he also the carries so after so the sales process. Swap to it just a dividend only model versus sales, right? like. Right now, he's just he's just an independent contractor that works yeah, for the exactly. business that I just pay based on, based on basically the, just the profits of the business. There's a bit of an equation we have, and what expenses he's responsible for. So there's that, um, and then. Correct. Yeah, he's not a sales rep. Yeah. Yeah. Like, um, like I'm training on how to do scheduling and things like that. And, um, and, and also um, work with the production team, because there is like the like Brady's role, the, the goal is to uh, have Brady, like right now, I'm onboarding Brady, and having, you know, coaching him on sales and things like that, and, and helping him, you know, build his own marketing team and like, showing them how that process is but yeah, the goal I... um <laughs> is to have him then with my supervision obviously uh on board his sales rep in september this person would actually just be a sales rep though mm-hmm. this would not be like another <laughs> it's not like a pyramid scheme that way um yeah the person in september would actually <laughs> the person in september actually would be a dedicated uh sales and marketing role so that brady could then effectively have this individual who's trusted you know, probably like a gabe i would imagine that's kind of like what it sounds like so someone who isn't really production involved a closer all, but brady would be yeah basically just a closer but but still marketing related um i would i always want a, i think i always would want my sales rep to have uh, a very strong role in the outbound i think it's just it just anything just keeps you humbled yeah yeah, well, it depends how you arrange it, but most sales reps should, should be responsible of filling up their calendar. They'll have some inbound, but they're expected to do outbound. Yeah, but 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 one thing, and, and you know, I'm you know, I'm not sure. Different business models maybe call for different things, but for me, I would I would say I would always want my sales reps to have the option to right. either do their own cold calling and thus increase the profitability of you know their jobs because there's no marketing cost, right? Or um, they can hire reps like Brady has, right? And transition to a model where you're doing more quotes and maybe having a better work-life balance um, that way, right? So either way, that's kind of like the way that I have it currently structured. And then you know, and then the goal is to then by the end of this year, more or less, like would say roughly, would say uh, 
So if you're asking for fee, he was asking for Basically, feedback. I mean, but, but on, definitely the, on, not this preseason, the but the end Brady of the following year, preseason. The goal would be to have Brady uh, effectively become like the CEO of ProWorks. Um, that's kind of the transition, right? Well, I'm I'm, I'm actually looking for someone hmm. at the level. What was your question? You have Brady at for the fo- to, to start doing what you've done with Brady. Well, I wanted to. I wanted to. Yeah, I basically wanted to like so tell I think you guys what I, was going I, I would my be head somewhat unqualified. See if you guys. Yeah, I would be somewhat. Like, mm, that sounds suspect. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I would say like based on your structure with Brady, um, I, I don't yeah. really have a ton of experience in that one area of onboarding and yeah, to the okay. level of replacing. Well, you went sales rep first, right? Twelve to six. I guess months, I could have done that 12 too. To Eighteen months. Uh, no, no. Go ahead. <clears throat> Mm-hmm. This is this is something I've been uh, trying to solve. Mm-hmm. Oh, sorry, Austin. I don't know if you're finished with your thought. Yeah, this is something that you know. Yeah, that I've been also trying to figure out. And uh, with Joe, Joe Kim, we we actually have like kind of a similar plan where we'd want him to take over, become basically an intrapreneurial CEO as part of our company. We're gonna have different yeah products and services, but. So I sat down yeah. with Joe and we kind of laid out like a 12-month plan. So what do you mean two proposals for both it, angles? You know, he'd you make a proposal on why it makes sense for him to leave or why it makes sense for him to stay. And he's required to have mm. two proposals um, because I, I really do believe in like um, I just want to deserve the best talent in my business. Right. Um, yeah, so, you know, like. At the end of the twelve months, because he's he's wanted to always run his own business, so I'll be like, okay, give me a proposal of you know running your own business. What would that look like? How would it look like? Give me a proposal of what it would look like if you were to stay with us and take on more leadership and ownership. And so, um, this is something. the The first thing that kind of came up with uh, with you, John. That was something that was asked to me was what's the rush? Like why 12 months? Why not 24 or 36? In order to get to the desired place. And then, sure. No, no, no. That, that's a, that's a typical, like, like I, I, that's a good, that's a good answer to my question. Let me specify the question. What are the downsides of going and trying to achieve this in 12 months versus 24 or 36? Well, the 12 months is actually not a goal by any stretch. Um, that was just an estimation. So I wouldn't I wouldn't say that I have I feel any pressure to cool. actually have that achieved in that period of time. Um, but I just, there seems to be a natural progression of, okay, so like Brady came in September. We spent the entire first four months him literally just shadowing me, like not really doing anything on his own other than like maybe some cold calling and things like that. And even then, I actually, here's kind of, here's the flow that I have had so far and what I plan, right? So first things first, I had him learn the production by spending a few days with Jocelyn. We found out very quick that he's like, I kind of get this. And Jocelyn was even like, he doesn't need to be like spending this much time with me. Like he, like he knows, he gets what's going on. 
So then from there, he basically just watched me do initial mm, calls, interesting. watched me do estimates. Well, and then you gave him feedback on like how you thought months. it was set up. I don't think he did. I think he only did like maybe mm. s- no more than that. <laughs> you're like closing the client. You're like, so Every are you aware I of this discount? They're like, nah. You're like, um, okay. And he took notes <laughs> and things like that. And then he had, I had him do some initial calls and I went and did the quotes, right? And then I did some initial calls. He did the quotes, right? But but he was he on his, yeah, because I wanted to see how he was setting up quotes. And we actually really got his, his, his initial calls. Well, no. So actually, there was one. There was one day where we went zero for five, and uh, I. It was kind of like, it was kind of like a father son moment where like he just knew that he fucked up, because like the whole day was a total joke as far as like not a single estimate was set up properly. And then the last quote, the guy said, "I had no intention of booking this quote. Thank you for your time." And I just looked at Brady and I just smiled, and we walked to the car and it was pretty quiet. Brady didn't really have to say much. I didn't have to say much, you know, and he was just so embarrassed. It was, it was, I, I honestly, I, I had never, it was one of the few times I'd seen a human, like literally, like I've, I, it was only a few, like I, Brady's a very like a uh, cheerful guy. Uh, I've never heard him say anything bad about anyone. Mm. He's just a very like high energy individual, very focused, no gossip, just a very, uh, not serious necessarily, but just a very determined individual. And, it was the first time I've ever seen the guy like where I thought he was like sad. Like, cause he could tell you could tell that he just, it like, it really hit him hard that like, he's like, Oh, like that's how bad this can go. <laughs> like, it wasn't like he just set up one wrong. It was like, we spent like just a full eight hour day on a Saturday and every estimate was basically just the same thing where just nothing was it. So either way, so it was good for him to see some of those experiences. Um, I had him do all his own cold calling and I, perp- and he hated it. He hated it. He was like resistant at first and, but over time, he he realized, holy shit, this is so much work. And he gained an appreciation because he started booking some work and things like that. Um, and then, th- and I purposely had him do almost all his own cold calling with not hiring a lot of individuals in the fall so that he could gain an appreciation for how hard work that is, right? Mm-hmm. Then I had him hire his, his, his entire own team to start the year off. Uh, and he even like was traveling like to the last minute, which I kind of warned him against. And then... He started the year and he fucking just completely fell flat on his you face. You brought up kind of traveling to the last minute. He didn't what, actually like put enough. What are your thoughts on to. this? And he like kind of came into it like kind like of traveling, like, not only it, like, side, like okay, like, so you have a sales base role. Traveling, traveling. Sorry, again, you like be constantly like, working oh, your you system and, and, for the, and you really know, the like three weeks right to the last possible up, second. Like crushing the process every day, and I do think like I believe that that's a muscle that like you lose the strength of pretty quick. I'm gonna get like I'm gonna say personally like. Yeah. two weeks like if, if i go two weeks with zero mm-hmm. sales input i actually feel the difference coming back the first time right so like do you no like i, I don't feel the same degree of like able to yeah <clears throat> okay dude <laughs> yeah Yo, Brady, Brady just pulled over in the car uh, and is like, just like fuming. He's just calling John like, yeah, dude, what the fuck? I'm agreeing with Yo, you. Brady, if no, you want to so come work for me, bro, let me know. The we'll last the three weeks prior to him starting his work, <laughs> he was off, you know, getting his dick sucked in different yeah. places, basically. And no, I know, I know. I was just Brady, saying. Brady, how you doing, man? <laughs> how are you? This is what happens. It's part of the agreement is this <laughs> public no, roasting. That. No, I totally and get that. Yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> like, no, no, no. I, I, don't, I didn't mean that in like a bad way. I just, I just meant like baby. he wasn't. No, I, I didn't mean yeah. that in like a negative way. I didn't mean that like as in like calling Brady out. I didn't mean that in, in that way at all. I just, I just meant that he, he was, he was. It wasn't like he was like in peak physical and mental condition. Thing. Like it wasn't. He wasn't in his protocol. If that makes sense for three weeks, basically. Like there was even one week where like he didn't even have a gym, so he was just doing push-ups and calisthenics, right? Like it was just, you know what I mean? Like it was just things like that where he just didn't plan ahead. But this is like these are things that happen when you're 22. When you're 22, you don't book at the Hilton, so you have a gym. You, you end up booking at some Airbnb and find out right when you get there that oh, I'm doing push-ups for the week, right? Like that's the kind of you know that's the yeah. that's the that's the kind of thing that you do when you're 22. You don't you don't think yeah, ahead yeah. like that. But anyway, point being though is that he went yeah. through that experience of starting the year where it was like, hey man, like. <laughs> we didn't hit the ground running. Like we're, we're hitting the ground and like, we're, we're, you know, like, the, yeah, you heard the line. You're now starting the sprint, oh, but like, yeah. you know, versus yeah. already in like, you know, it's kind of like in the CFL, how you can like start running before the snap. You know what I mean? It's a huge fucking advantage, right? Whereas in the NFL, you have to start in the line and, you know, but either way, point being though, I had him go through that experience. Right. And, mm. uh, cause one of the big things I really, mm-hmm. that I've been like, one of my philosophies with Brady is like not trying to jump in and like, take control if that makes sense but like let things happen right and let and 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 let him almost in one thing i'll, I'll really give credit for uh, to brady is that any of the lessons that i ever see that he should learn he pretty much comes to me with like very rarely do i have to point out the lesson at hand like if we ever find himself not performing it's very rare that i'm the one that has to point it out to him dude in Every my opinion in while, that's that one of the stuff. most valuable character traits it's like it the is. hunger for there self is. improvement. It is. Yeah. The only damn. the only thing that and and, and this again this is not a knock on Brady whatsoever because this is in in Brady's like I would say ninety five percent good at this but there is just there's like these really sneaky ways that life has you not take responsibility. Yes. Like I'll give you yes. a really small example and Brady will laugh because by the time that this podcast comes out him and I will already had many discussions about this but. It wasn't within their budget. <laughs> oh, that's, that's like such a weak objection, though. That's so easy. No, to handle. it's so funny because it's no. It, well, it's not. It's not even necessarily easy to handle. It's not actually necessarily easy to handle. But it's much more in your control <laughs> than you ex, than you yeah. think, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, like it may actually legitimately just be beyond the scope of what they're able to afford. But the fact that you're sitting there finding that out at that moment or making the assumption that's all within your control. Right. So, nice. um, wow. that's just one small example, but anyway, back on, back on track to what I was talking about though. So, so anyway, so the fall was mostly him learning how I do things, how we do things, production wise, sales, etc. having him learn the hardships of door knocking. Then he's learned how to build his team. He's done a really good job. He's been consistently getting about 35 to, to over 40 leads per week, um, from door knocking with him and his team It's fantastic. Actually delivering really good results that way. And then now the next thing that I'm trying to have him learn is how to manage 15 to 20 estimates on average per week for 10 weeks, right? Like getting into like that, like that true, like, you know, Conor McGregor mentality, just fucking like really consistent, you know, just how do you actually get into a peak state that way, right? Um, And then once I feel like we're at the end of the preseason, I feel like he'll then at that point be by no sense a master, but he'll be able to comprehend fully how to run an outbound sales team, right? And then at that point, I think it's a very small step to him then taking the inbound, which inbound, like we've talked about this before, I think is a lot simpler. There is, I think the one trap that a lot of sales reps fall into is that when they go from outbound to inbound, 
they sometimes then don't want to do the outbound. And then two, they might be lazy on the inbound because they think it's easier. Yeah, yeah, and then, yeah, yeah. so then, but and, and they, they might still get results because it's inbound. And then when they go back to outbound, they get fucking slaughtered like pigs. Sometimes inbound is just as hard. Or sometimes. Sorry, harder, harder. I, like, I, sometimes, I harder but I find that. Like, yeah, no, I agree though. I, I agree like, that that's like, a if you, like if you're a sales rep. You look at it inbound, uh, inbound is, is harder for sure. Or like the, if you go from a sales rep who's doing mostly outbound and you, and you have to like be like completely on your game as far as like yeah. filtering and initial calls and things like that. When you go to inbound, it's mostly referrals. You can basically just hit them up with a 10% close and you're good to go, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But in saying that though, you should still go through the full systems because you don't, you know, you don't want to end up being that guy who doesn't book a bunch of easy referrals because you just didn't follow the systems. But then if you do get lazy and you still get good results, it's the worst thing that can happen because when you go back to the outbound, you're going to get slaughtered because you're going to take those late. It's, it's kind of like, the, it's like the reason why most, uh, you guys probably seen this in student works where people in August, it's just kind of easier to book jobs in general. And then they kind of take that same lazy mentality into January the following year. And then they get slaughtered on their first 25 estimates because they, they're, they're doing them like they did their estimates in August, which you can't do January estimates like you did in August and get the same results. You're going to get slaughtered, right? Yeah. And uh, anyway, so at that point, basically, I don't think it's a huge, during the summer, if we hit our sales goals, it won't be a stretch for him to then learn how to really manage production at a very high level. So managing a production team because he won't have as much of a commitment on the sales side. Right. Yeah, go ahead, Emmer. Yeah, this is something in the past four months, just from all the stuff that I've been consuming about sales, it, I, I found a pattern sure. in tech companies, software companies, even like some consulting companies, it, sure. it, two different teams, outbound and inbound salesmen. Outbound, cold outreach, that you have your their own sales reps, own appointment setters. And then when it comes yeah. to inbound, it's the own because literally just to kind of tie down our conversation it's just like trying to change it's like going from admin to sales it's it's the same yeah thing. so the fix i have on that is again it the goal is not necessarily for him to be the optimal inbound outbound for the entire summer but for him to learn how to manage in, out, inbound so that when he brings on the other sales rep he can then coach so then he he's so brady at this point is doing most of the outbound or sorry inbound and then he's then coaching someone else the same way i coached him on how to do outbound so that way, Brady's role ends up being managing outbound sales reps. Doing inbound sales. Doing inbound sales. Bingo. Managing productions as a CEO, a COO, yeah. basically. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Very nice. And then, and then at the same time that all this is happening, I'm also then coaching Jocelyn on how to onboard her first operations manager. Mm. Yeah. And which isn't necessarily cost effective. It's going to decrease, decrease the profitability this year. But I'm anticipating that if the sales rep role with Brady, like his sales rep role, and Brady works out really well, I'm I'm foreseeing a future need for increased infrastructure from the operations side, basically. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm willing yeah, to run a slightly less profitable business this year so that <clears throat> if I do exceed my expectations on the sales side, we're not hampered by this like, oh, fuck, we only have one production manager. Man, so something to consider before like crew chief to manager is like a coordinator position that takes on some of the most laborious administrative focus tasks from the production manager. That's going to be that's going to be uh, Noah already. So Noah okay, is cool. doing like um, equipment movals, custom matches that don't require te like testing and things yeah. like that. Um, and then uh, training. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Sorry. 
And so Jocelyn does day-to-day quality management, scheduling, and... No, I do... Uh, no, Brady and I will always do scheduling. Mm-hmm. Oh, I shouldn't say always. For the most part, we do all... Right now, I do all the scheduling. Brady's going to get onboarded onto that. How many crews are you going to be running again? Ten. So Jocelyn is essentially responsible for those ten crews, and that's her full-time job, right? Yeah. Yeah, okay, makes sense. Something else to think about is if you laid out where all your team, like your executive team, like Noah, Jocelyn, yourself, and Brady, and you lay it out, you'll start finding there's like activities and tasks that you're all doing that you should not be doing. Sending invoices, some of the emails and stuff. That can actually all be, you can trim all that fat from all your top executives and you can actually create the executive assistant role. So I'm going to do that. Okay. Perfect. This fall. I don't believe that it's needed yet, but also mainly because I don't want to bring on the unnecessary cost because I don't foresee everyone's schedule, I think is fairly good right now. Like as far as like, like we we would be saving, we wouldn't be saving company money. I don't think. Yeah. yeah. But that's like, these are the positions you got to start looking for, like coordinators, assistants. And then it's like, yeah, it's pretty cool. I also, one of the big goals is to get that physical location where I feel like that will also streamline a lot of this stuff too. Dude, the physical location's huge. I was just about yeah. to go there because uh, I was, uh, I always like picking Adel's brain because like I, I wanted, I, I'm always curious to know what Rydell was like in, as it grew up, like as it, before it started franchising. And the largest year of revenue they did was, uh, I think it was 2018 or 2019. Was, they did, yeah, they did. Well, they had sold 11. They produced 9.9. Yeah. Just the um, one location. Yeah, just the one location. And they, they had uh, at their largest point of the year, I think 18 or 19 crews going in one day. And um, they would start off every morning by all of the, like the management team would go into the office and they had a massive map of Ottawa printed out on the wall. And they had like those magnet pins. Oh, the track, and they would track like routes. put, they would literally put like where every active job was that day. And then they would have like three drivers that they would dispatch accordingly to give them routes for the day and like kind of put them in pockets of the city to just like be around seven jobs for like materials as needed. Like they would just literally go like hang out like a cruiser. Yeah. Like like it was actually nuts. So I feel like. So you're almost there. You're almost there. Where Um, you're going to like after 10. I should be able to close by the end of the year on a a building. After 10 crews, I feel like you need that like almost like you kind of got a budget for that slight reactivity throughout the day or else Jocelyn's just going to like. I think it'll actually end up being a, a wash. If I, as long as I can find the right building, I think it'll actually end up, I'll end up making money um, by by being a tenant. What do you mean? Well, I'm gonna buy. I'm gonna try and buy a building that uh, has other tenants. Oh, so you want to buy the building? That's sick. yeah. I'm gonna do a house. I'm gonna do a house hack for uh, basically for a business. So I'm gonna buy a building yeah, uh, that has other tenants, and then I'm just gonna be one of one of the tenants in the building. I do have to occupy more than twenty five percent of the building, but in order for it to be owner occupied in the in the eyes of a bank but i'm going to do like a house hack for a business basically and then the goal is to have all the other tenants cover the full mortgage but then the cost savings that i'll have through my business i'm effectively going to get a building for free the way that i look at it yeah that's insane yo just a small comment on that i was talking to one of our vendors who has a one of their their head offices on on uh i think it's on bloor street downtown in toronto he told me the company pays 300k a month in rent for one floor. 
That's insane. <laughs> That's Toronto. Like, dude, imagine you have like a 24-story building and each floor is paying you a third of a million dollars every month in rent. Are you sure it's every month? Every month. Yeah, dude. For a floor. You're at, it's a floor, John, in downtown Toronto. <laughs> like, yes. I get it. Just, that's a lot. Dude, I know, dude. It's I, I was just like blown I away. I guess I have to see how big this floor is. That's wild. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That, that's Either way, I'm not going to be in that kind of... No, I know. I know. Just, I, I just threw that in there because I, I, you just reminded me of it. That's nuts. But yeah, like, ideal, are you thinking of like um, kind of like one of those... Uh, like larger warehouse style buildings that have like four or five businesses in them. They're like in an, in an industrial area or are you thinking more like a yeah. strip mall type? No, okay. light industrial. Yeah. Okay, light cool. industrial. Yeah. So ideally, ideally like a, just a big cinder block building with four yeah. big doors for, you know, I'm one of the four tenants basically. Yeah. And, uh, actually super, super savage. I'm actually going to try and find out if I can buy the building Cloverdale's in. Cause I was like, man, if I'm the tenant of my biggest supplier, that might be something. Dude, that's like um, the movie you got me to watch, The, the Banker. Banker. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna try and the... do it. I don't think you're I'm like, hey go guys, how it. about that price decrease I asked for? They're like, no, I don't we can't give it to you. You're like, oh, your rent just went up. <laughs> I, I think I'm, I'm. I think I know the uh, who the owner is. I'm gonna talk to him, but he has a he has a um, a tire shop in there, and I just don't foresee him wanting to shut down the tire shop, right? But I don't know what the backside of the building is like because I was going to, mm. I don't know. I, 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 yeah. Anyway, this, these are a bunch of ideas, but um, the, the idea is to buy a building. Like, I, I Think of a house hack, but for a business, basically. Yeah. That's awesome, man. Good for you. I, th- that's going to be an exciting acquisition. You're going to be starting to look for that in the fall? No, I'm already looking. Oh, nice. Are you working with like, just, a, gonna... like a commercial realtor or are you kind of just looking on your own? Both. Sick. There's just not a lot, there's just not a lot of... Uh, let's say uh, availability for for buildings in Kelowna. One one thing to think about, one of the goals that uh, like uh, Riley and James are planning to get, like get good at is like purchasing boutique hotels as like their next play. And what they really? Yeah, and what they found wow. what they found was you, there's like a whole intimate underground network of people that deal amongst each other. And he got himself into a conference filled with a room of these people. And he spent six months uh, uh, trying to find boutique hotels, no luck, five minutes in that table, in that conference, he got offered two hotels in his ideal location. So something to think about, that wherever these people are, man, like... So what I'm find what I'm finding Damn, out is that that's crazy. The, the the commercial properties that go onto MLS are really just like the leftovers that no one in like so like there's um, yeah. some commercial dealers in town. <laughs> yeah. And after talking to these guys, I'm realizing that the only the only stuff that hits MLS is the stuff that they couldn't sell within their buddies, basically. And so, I'm I'm now realizing that there's um, there's certain there's certain brokers in town that I have to just go through, basically. Yeah. It's basically mm. all off market. Yeah. Yeah. There's like Kinda the cool. boys club, you know, that's how Riley explained it. It's, to me. There's a bit of a boys club, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't call it. Yeah. I guess you could say it's a, it's a bit. I mean, just, yeah, just a bit. Uh, yeah. But either way, um, that's the idea because I have more or less, I have all the financing in place. It's just a matter of actually finding a building that I want to buy. Yeah. 
don't don't get a big office man I, th- I think you're a smart enough guy but i just need to say it i don't think it's like it will change anything but it's just like i don't know man i'm I, not gonna get a big office okay yeah, matter no, of fact i i uh i'm gonna strategically take the smallest office okay good yeah. thank god because all but you no, need is storage I, uh, you know and then you can just put a table in that storage unit and there's your office yeah um well we're already paying a thousand dollars a month for storage units mm. and um like i said the, the main thing i want to do with the building is do a house hack through a business sure mm. yeah i won't i won't buy a building in which i'm having to pay to be a tenant have you done the uh you probably have i guess my question is uh what is if you can show your math quickly as if i'm a fifth grader to why doing this versus buying other businesses is the best use of your money i'd love to hear that so so i actually am not going to put any of my own money into the deal oh you're so using be, the the, gonna, the government correct oh i remember it's a, yeah it's, we talked it's, about it's this. a bdc loan so it's gonna be 100 percent financed more or less unless i find a building that's maybe slightly beyond what they're willing to lend to me but yeah, true. it's gonna be basically close to 100 percent financed through through uh this bank and Nice. Now that doesn't mean that I, I'm gonna be imprudent, I'm uh, or <laughs> reckless. Uh, I'm gonna buy a building that uh, I would be. Yeah, able John, to you're afford. spending the house's money, buddy. Go off. You I'm. Know, like. I'm going to um, buy a build. I'm only gonna. Uh, re- I'm gonna restrict myself to buying buildings that I that I would have to have the down payment for, regardless. Like so, like if I'm gonna buy a building for like let's say like 1.5, right? I would need to have at least three hundred thousand dollars set aside. That I would, that, you know, that if I if I didn't have this, this fortunate situation where this bank's willing to loan me at at one hundred percent loan of value, that um, yeah. Now the other thing too is that I'm only willing to buy the building if the tenants can fully cover the mortgage. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you have a lot of conditions, yeah. so this might take you a couple of years to find, which it sounds like you're no, okay. No, I don't think so. No, I don't think so. Um, Interesting. The reason why I don't I don't think so is that. There's already a few buildings that I actually have found that would be more like would work more or less, but I just don't like the location of them. But the building itself would be totally fine. Like as far as like I wouldn't have to pay any rent or anything like that. Like I just don't want to. There's just certain areas of town that I want. Like like if I wanted to buy out at the airport, for example, I could buy a building tomorrow. It's just it's just the air. I don't I don't want to have uh, all my guys driving out to the fucking airport every morning. You know, like it's it's like a 15, 20 minute drive out of town, right? Like I I want I want to find a certain area of town that I want to buy the building in got it got it that's cool yeah but, but that's kind of a side note though I mean but yeah that what I was going with that though is that the physical location I think will streamline a lot a lot of what we were just talking about about how once I once everyone's kind of meeting in the same spot every day I feel like there's just a bit more um, um it's just really obvious what everyone's doing Right, because mm-hmm. there's a lot of tasks that people do that maybe you don't necessarily realize until they're in the office next door. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Just to close the loop on the Brady discussion, um, sure. I was exposed to somebody who did this successfully. How they went from like a new hire to a CEO, and it was actually within Cole sure. Gordon's family of companies. Sure. Uh, he went from like an appointment setter to CEO, and I kind of in three years, and I probed on on why and how um and what what i learned was instead of having multiple jobs all at once he just basically his name is mitchell mitchell just basically would hit kpis and be a top performer as an appointment setter then would hit kpis and be a top performer as a closer then he would hit kpi and be a top performer as a sales manager 
And then he would do, so yeah. So that's actually what I'm having Brady do. But so like, uh, he had to hit KPI as a cold caller. Then he was allowed to manage his own cold calling team. Mm-hmm. Then once he hit KPI with managing a cold calling team, he takes on all outbound. Once he, which we're right now, we're in the stage of developing KPI for him doing outbound quotes. Mm-hmm. Once he hits KPI for that, then I'm going to give him inbound. Once he then hits KPI for that. So it's, it, I am doing it that way, Good. but I'm layering the tasks. So it's not like he's doing one thing at a time. It's okay. Hit KPI. And then we add a little bit more weight. It's, it's kind of like progressive overload. It's like, like, I'm not going to like take all the weight off and then do a different, you know, it's just, okay, a little bit more weight, a little bit more weight. Oh, you yeah, can't you're do not going to be like, okay, you know. just outbound now, or just inbound now. Like obviously. Yeah. 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 It's kind of like adding workouts. Right. And so then the idea is that I'm going to keep adding weight to the, to the, um, uh, to the, I guess, to the, it was, you know, whatever workout you're doing, but you, I'm going to keep adding yeah. weight to the scale. And, uh, and then if we, if he's not hitting reps for it, then we'll wait until he hits reps, then add mm-hmm. more weight. It's just like working mm-hmm. out basically. Right. Mm-hmm. And then eventually he'll just be this jacked motherfucker. Who's just like out here, just swinging dick with no suit shoes on. You know? <laughs> well, great. Um, Austin, did you, uh, what'd you, did you get a chance to look at the, uh, the gift? Dude, did you gift me the app? Yes. So you paid for it? Yes. Okay. What's the app? Dude. Sorry. Okay, okay, okay. So I, was, I didn't I, was, I didn't yeah. open the app through the the oh. link you sent. No, 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 no it's okay cuz I'm out of integrity and didn't play it. So I'll still be able to play it with your with your link, with your gift. Oh, okay, cool, cool. So John, yeah. I was editing the podcast and reviewing <laughs> so my awesome notes from January 29th. And I was just like, "Oh, I have it here in my notes. What does it say?" Austin struggles to say no. I have this written down. I'm like, oh man, this came up multiple times. So I'm like, you know, let me just get Austin like this app, which is like a game. It's like a video game. That's like easy. It takes like an hour or so. And the whole point of the game is you just say no. We talked about this before. I showed you like a little, little gameplay. But you play as this character in this corporate office job that hates their life. And you have one button in the entire game, which is no. And you can choose not to click it. And the game just goes on. like. And you'd see this person's life and he gains weight and he gets more stressed and he loses his girlfriend. But if you start saying no, he like starts cleaning up his life and eventually, you know, it's, it's really cool. Wait, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, it's like, hey, so would you awesome. like, there's one part of the game. It's like, hey, would you like a donut? No. You know, but like the game's also stylized in a very like comedic cartoonish way and i'm just like oh you know like austin needs to take some time off if he's gonna say yes to one more thing i'd want it to be this game so <laughs> so i just gifted him a game that was super random but yeah it's quite funny yeah so i was hoping you would have played it a little bit um i know man i i just redeemed it right now so i don't okay. forget now it's on my phone okay so. amazing so awesome that you gave me that how, game. How, how about yourself, Hammer? Um, you know, any any kind of interesting lessons you've learned this week, or, or anything that stands out that's uh, notable? Um. Yeah. So, a couple of a couple of interesting things. One of the uh, the people on my team, uh, he was uh, struggling managing school, and you know his role at Tradearc. And I, and I sat him down and we did like a full, we took all his like syllab, syllabi, syllabuses, 
all the the commitments, time in class and all that. I created a spreadsheet with him. And we laid out over the next eight weeks his time commitment to school. And we basically just discovered that it was practically impossible for him to be a top performer, meet his income goals, if he was to do both. So I just kind of made the, the decision. So he dropped out. I just made the decision to say, hey, man, let's hold off. We'll talk in like a month and a half. Wow, I can't believe that you just fucking sewered him like that. I didn't sewer him, no. What was he going to school for? Um, business. What do you mean sewered him? What are you talking about? Is that a joke? No. <laughs> okay, explain. Well, you're just, walking, you're just watching a man just get like... Like rape and pillaged by like university, and you got this amazing opportunity for him, and you're just gonna like be like, yeah, man, sorry, can't be top performer here, so get out. No, I didn't. I didn't fire him. <laughs> no, I we we took a break, so I'm like, hey, man, go focus on school. That's causing you a lot of stress. That's causing you not to like be healthy or exercise or spend time with your girlfriend. Yeah, so he's getting raped and pillaged, right? So, and you just like throw him to the wolves and just like, what do you mean him? throw him to the wolves, yeah, bro, what John? Are you what are you talking about, about man? I said, forget you, you, all are, the. Are you are you are you suggesting that Amher should have been like, "Yo, uh, you should definitely drop out and work for me." Something along that lines, yeah. Whoa, that's interesting. Yeah, no, that would have been all all about me, and I just, I just, well, I don't think it was all about you. I, I just, I thought, I, I thought that like where I where I thought you were going with that is that we we sat down and realized that university was not what he actually wanted. <laughs> no i know and that's been it clear prob- since day probably one. probably isn't it yeah, isn't yeah. but he's in his yeah. last semester and we're giving in to some cost bias so we're just like dude one more semester it will be one month the trade-off is this so i said i am here to support you i'm still going to hold you accountable as your coach and you're going to be part of the the culture and i think to be a top performer and to get what you want you're just going to have to pick one and Let's just wrap up what you need to wrap up and let's pick this up properly on in March. And it went very well and he was very happy. So that was a, a difficult conversation that uh, I was happy to kind of kind of execute on. Yeah, you needed to have too, right? Yeah. 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 So uh, I definitely see the other side, John, and I've thought about that. Um, but it, it wouldn't have aligned with his goals because one of his goals was to finish university. And, yeah, I'm kind of I'm I'm more teasing than than being serious. All right, okay, there you go. Well, that's the first time you teased all episodes, so it just kind of mm. threw me off. <laughs> yeah, John, um, you tease with the same face, yeah. tonality, and <laughs> words. So <laughs> yeah, terrible teaser. <laughs> um, but that was fun, and then um, I also had to go through the exercise of uh, uh, of again data over emotion so one of the constrictions in my business is my landing page so if you click on one of my ads you see this page and if 100 people land on this page only eight give me their uh, name email and phone number okay and uh industry-wide kpi is 15 percent, and i haven't been able to crack eight percent for two and a half years so i did a complete overhaul of my landing page to test new data and nothing happened. <laughs> it was just like, I changed everything. 
and it, we're still stuck at like six to eight percent. What do you consider your industry? I beg your pardon. What do you consider your industry? Um, B two B. When you say industry wide KPI. Yeah, like um, B two B high ticket consulting services. Yeah. Uh, if you're really good, you can get above twenty percent. So, uh, yeah, I like updated it. I can show you here quickly, since we're on the computer. But I don't like it. But I had uh, so James, James's business, his uh, landing page converts at like twenty percent. Mine. Yeah, but his follow up fucking blows. James. Unless he was just like filtering out Trisha on purpose, but. Oh, he had, well, he has no sales team, right? He's still building that up, remember? We oh, that this. makes sense then. I was going to say, because she got contacted by like maybe two or three different people and like it was like a super weird experience for her and then there was like no availability for like Calendly and yeah, yeah. she like emailed back someone about like setting up a different appointment and that person didn't get back to her but then like a different person messaged her and it was just like, it's like a really awkward experience. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll tell James that. He might appreciate that. But yeah, anyways, this is what the new one looks like. I don't like anything about it, but this is one of those. I don't like anything about it. I like, I like I hate, nothing about I, it. I hate, I hate this. Um, <laughs> but it's, 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 I, I honestly it, hate it. it. It's, it's despicable. This, this, and, this, uh, you know what this actually, this, you know what this actually looks like? This looks like to me, like someone who's going to like, like, like steal your like identity. No, no, this, this looks like an <laughs> ad that, uh, is like someone who's going to like sell you like knockoff textbooks in university. It's terrible. I know. <laughs> I agree. So, but he, but this is the experience I had, which is despite all the emotions, the only thing that matters is that, well, what are the numbers on this thing? Let's look at the data. And the data said it's as bad as the old one. So it's like, okay, great. What's interesting though is I wonder what the next step is then. Like, you know, like. Oh, I, I know. I know the iterations. The iteration is just better yeah, headline, yeah, yeah, better yeah, yeah. photo, better copy. No, 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 no. That's not what I meant. What I meant was. Um, like it's kind of like like because when you change your landing page you I would imagine you probably also potentially change the sequence of events afterwards no like so I'll give you an example I'll give you an example if the goal was to end end with like having a success like uh, having like a marriage start right all of the funnels or decisions that lead up to that point matter, right? So yeah. like, for example, you at some point in time, you might say, you know what? Every first date that I go on, you know, if I use this line of dialogue or whatever, I'm kind of being a little crude here. Yeah, sure. Um, these end up in me having sex on the first date. But having sex on the first date may not actually result in you getting married. Correct. Right? Like that may actually be a bad, me- you know what I mean? Yeah. So like, what if, what if it's like, okay, like, like, for example, like, what if you were, and again, I'm sure that you know all your numbers, so I'm not speaking about you specifically, but you. I'm just saying a hypothetical person who's not Ammer, but uh, would say uh, Beamer, okay? So this hypothetical Beamer guy. Okay? Beamer. Beamer, Benz, yeah. Bentley. There's Aimer, there's Beamer, and Seamer. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like the start of a really good joke. <laughs> Aimer, Beamer, and Seamer <laughs> walked to a bar. <laughs> Either way, I, I, was, I actually liked that. But either way, um, but like, so like, let's say your your KPIs, or, or let's say your... <laughs> Sorry, that's so good. Seamer is my favorite 
And then there's Deemer. Yeah. Emer. Fever. Emer. Lemur. Yo. Dude, Peemer's my own. Lemur. Lemur. Yeah, Lemur. Lemur. is a Lemur. There's 26 aliases of Emer. There's 26 aliases of Emer. Hemer, you know, the hammer, Kramer. You ever watch you the have movie to have, Split where the guy has multiple yeah, personalities? Yeah, you have yeah, to okay, have. I'm sorry, but, you have to have 26 ugh. children, Emmer, and just name them like. Dude, order. that's the way to do it. That's the way to do it. Either way, um, they're all yeah, unisex names too, though. for the most part. So uh, yeah, but if you, <laughs> but if you, uh, so let's say you're only converting eight of those when they uh, at the time of the uh, landing page, right? But what if your booking rate afterwards 100. <clears> percent but another guy's like, oh, yeah, dude, uh, my, my landing page is converting at 100%, but then my booking percentage afterwards is 0%. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. yeah, yeah. So th- that's what you're talking about is like uh, analysis of deep funnel metrics. So the deeper somebody is in the funnel, the, the, the deepest you can get is a sale. That's what you're looking at. So I'm not just looking at. Well, I would say the deepest is sale with no cancellation. Yeah, sure. Yeah, correct. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and which I think would be an important step because I think that Ty Lopez fucked that up tremendously and that's why his merchant account got pulled. Oh, no, I know, I know, I know. We track all of that stuff. And uh, ever since implementing a couple of changes, we've actually gotten zero refunds. It's been, like, incredible yeah, with a go. couple of changes. It's been Nice, man. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, uh, what was that? Yeah, deep deep funnel metrics. So yeah, I'm looking at all those things and it and there's a lag to it cuz I might get like a 20% landing page conversion, but then all of a sudden the people that are going in are non-buyers, which is not good, right? So Yeah, the feedback loops in business are very fascinating, right? Like cuz yeah. the 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 feedback loop when you're a sales rep is effectively immediately, but when you are managing a sales rep, the feedback loop is I would say like week to week, I suppose, like maybe day to day a little bit, but like in the sense that like, it's hard, like, you know, like Brady, for example, had a really like weird Friday, but then a, an amazing Saturday. So it's like, does that balance out? Like, how does that work? You know, like there, there, there's certain things where dude, it's so true, man. Every time I do, every time I have a full day of estimates lined up, I always like sit down and try and acknowledge the impact of like, of like booking the first one or not booking the first one. Because oftentimes, like, I find that if I go into my first estimate of the day and I crush it and book it, collect a deposit, the day just takes off like a fucking jet, you know? And then there's I been other days exactly where... I Brady on Friday. And then, and yeah. then you go into the first estimate. Sometimes it's just like, you know, like a, a, an unfortunate situation happens where either... That's what happened to Brady. You've perfected the systems and it, then they don't close or like they have like a weird scenario like you know, family with four kids. This guy's truck broke down and Brady had to like not be able to, he wasn't able to present his quote, but it kind of just probably threw him off for the rest of the day. So we haven't talked about this. So like I try and sit down and like mentally acknowledge the impact of shit that's not in my control and how I'm not going to let it impact my day. So So it's just like, I have to remain committed to the structure. Yeah. Yeah. Boys, this is why it is absolutely mandatory on every single of the morning sales meetings in, in the team that we meditate for 10 minutes. Because yeah. your ability to catch yourself, reset, mm. come from nothing, leave all baggage at the door at the next meeting is so crucial. So every yeah. morning meeting with the sales team, we meditate. Mm. Yeah. I like, so I, I, I'll definitely get Brady on the meditation train if I haven't already. I'm, I, what does that look like, Amber? The meditation process? Yeah. We're, we're on Zoom. 
I open up Sam Harris, daily meditation, press play. We do, we do Sam Harris for two days. And then on the third day, we do unguided for 10 minutes. And whenever we do, un, no, we do unguided for six minutes. And then we use the last four minutes to reflect on how conscious we were to pulling back our attention to where it needs to go. Hmm. Do you have your guys uh, on a fitness uh, regimen? Oh, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. We all, everybody in the sales team has a whoop. Um, everybody, if you're a closer, you have to work out in the middle of the day, non-negotiable. You do calls in the morning, <laughs> you have to go work out middle of the day, do calls in the evening. That's interesting. Like, you don't allow you guys to work out in the morning? Uh, energy drop off after like Yo, 2, 2 you p.m. Make, you make your guys work out? Well, I don't make them do anything. I, I like... I don't like, I can't do that. That's like very Aurelian. I'm just like, no, like, here's what I recommend. Here's what I've seen works. Here's what the top performers in this previous role have and, done. And uh, if you don't do it, you're fucking fired. No, so, no, what's no, no. <laughs> We all have, well, whoops, there is a certain, you know, but it's like, well, part of one of the biggest things that most like, uh, one of the things I've learned that I've seen as a trend from other sales managers who are successful, they've had conversations with is that it's your role as your sales manager to, an to like manage energy of your people. And the way to do that is you got, it's called the SDER, I think, which is your sleep, diet, exercise, and rest slash relationships. Sorry, relationships. So how are things with your girlfriend? Oh, man, we're just going through a rough patch. Well, expect his week to have like a lower closing rate because you need tons yeah. of conviction. How's your sleep? Oh, dude, my whoop score is saying it's 60%. What's going on? Yeah, here's here's this and this happened. Mm. Um What's your recovery? You know, Joe once had a recovery because he had his friend's birthday on Thursday. His recovery was like 13%. And there was a strategy session later in the day. And we we're like, dude, you're basically taking this first half of the day off. You're going to go to the sauna and just manage your energy for this call. And he didn't close him right then, but he knew he could have closed them, scheduled mm. like a second meeting. And on the second meeting, his mood was at a 10 out of 10, close them. So... There's like, all these variables to take into account with sales. And uh, 100%. Because what's and happening, I, man, you literally, it's like your people every day, they reset. And it's your role to make sure that they're at 100%. So you're basically holding me accountable to exercise. But see, this is interesting, though. So I, I find it, so you and I are going about this slightly differently. I, I'm just realizing just in the way that you're speaking right there, that we're going about this slightly differently. Cool. Okay. What, what contrast do you see? Well... One of the most, um, like just, I just have a, and, and maybe I'm looking into the, into the words you were using in that, in that kind of paragraph a little too closely, but I believe in a slightly more decentralized model. What, what did I say gives off, uh, like maybe when I, like I was kind of joking, like you have to work it, it, out. The way that you were talking about it made it seem like you're really managing these people. Like that's that your role is to really manage these individuals. Well, and I'm now realizing what you mean by sales manager. Yes. But, well, I, but don't you think that there's a certain, um, you know, there's a certain like, you know, like, uh, like Plutarch idea, you know, it's like, uh, you know, those who wish to govern must first, uh, learn to govern themselves. Right. Correct. But then there's a certain aspect of, okay, well, teaching, you know, there's a certain, okay, govern yourself, but then teaching others how to govern themselves, right? Correct. Like, whereas, like, I, I hear what you're saying as far as, like, holding team accountable and things like that. But I think there's also, do you think that there is a certain place you can get to where the team, 
like it's it's less of a one person holding the team accountable but the team holding the team accountable does that make sense uh, yeah yeah so thank you i have a couple of thoughts on that i think i think both ideas can coexist so i'm not doing this every day i'm maybe doing this once a week when people are first getting started and onboarded i'm with them every day holding them accountable cuz the definition of management is like a an application of force and I think that's important because when you have a sales team, you basically have a sales system. It's a system of people following a system and processes. And if you have a system, it's open to entropy. And to hold any system together against entropy, you need some sort of force or management. That's where that comes in. So yes, I do agree that the ultimate goal for me, like as the owner, I cannot be a sales manager 24-7. In fact, if you were to look at it objectively, I'm not as good of a sales manager as I can be because my focus is split into different places. But where but I one would even argue even further, though, don't you think? To which direction? There, so there's a book. The book I'm reading right now is a novel, and but it's but it's it's based on the Peloponnesian War, which we've talked about one of my favorite books of all time, which is the history of the Peloponnesian War by Thucydides. And you can tell that this book is heavily influenced by that, by that sure. historical account. And there's this one scene in, in the book where the Athenians basically just got their fucking asses kicked by the Spartans on, in a land battle. And it's after the war, it's after the battle and they're both cleaning up the dead and whatnot. And the Athenians now are back at camp and they're kind of like, you know, resting until they march back uh, home. Right. And the Spartans are all marching by, basically. And none of them even, like, look over at all. They're all just fucking, all of their armor's already fully polished. You know, everything's, like, mint condition, clean. Like, they're in, like, tip-top shape. They're all marching in a perfect line. Like, everything's just super disciplined. You know, everything's just exactly as if the war never even fought, the battle never even happened. Meanwhile, here's the Athenians, and they're all, like, tired and exhausted their armor's all dented and nothing's polished and they're all like just you know like resting and just you know and one of the one of the athenian generals kind of starts crying a little bit and like kind of in tears and the one guy was like just you know so shocked by it he's like what, what why are you crying he's like i'm crying not because of like like sadness but i'm crying because it's just a beautiful sight to see like men so disciplined yeah right and there's a part of me that think you know like you know, because each Spartan was his own, like was his literally his own individual like army. If you could, if you think about it that way, like he was expected to manage himself just as much as anyone else would manage him. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. And th the way I see it is when somebody's getting onboarded, it's eighty percent management, twenty percent discipline. And I think now I've gotten a lot of my team where it's the opposite. It's twenty percent management, eighty percent discipline. Uh, that's what Sun Tzu talks about too. Actually, exactly what you just described. Oh, there you go. I didn't even know he said that. But yeah, he says that he's. Uh, and I'll maybe try and find it at the end. But he talks about how uh, when someone is uh, new, you have to be very gentle with them, and you have to allow mistakes effectively, um, and that you can't have to give them a long leash. But that once they know what is expected of them, you then rule them with an iron fist. Sure. Yeah, there's like um, like discipline is expected once they know what is expected of them. and that they have performed. So like right now, the people in the team that have performed, I just hold to a certain standard. 
and it's so like can plan this really quick. But, uh, but yeah no i agree with you Yo, but yeah it, that's it, that's kind of my balance with management and discipline and overseeing i mean like i just frankly don't like managing and i think this is what works and um if you're wondering where i'm getting this information it's from like um uh other sales managers like in uh, DocuSign, uh, Salesforce, uh, James, my coach, Cole Gordon, um, uh, uh, Robert Caldini. I'm just kind of pulling. Yeah, yeah, I, love this. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know, John. Don't even, don't even. But like when, well, when I say. He, what is he referencing? He's just laughing because I said Cole Gordon because our last conversation we talked about like. Oh, but yeah, I, yeah, no, yeah. But I get that. Like I get that. But like also <laughs> Cole Gordon runs a very successful sales team. I, I got parts of this also from Grant Cardone. Because he runs a very successful sales team. So, <laughs> fucking job. Yeah, I know, I know. Cheeky bastard. You know, I, th- one thing that uh, I think John has said this before, but I, I am truly grateful for the opportunity to be in business and to be, have the opportunity to own and own oh. a business and lead people because Bro, so I'm constantly fun. reminded of, how little I know and how, and how much there is to learn. And, um, I don't know of any other role anyone could put themselves in for the rest of their lives where that's continuously the case every day. And the more you look deeper, the more you find out. Right. So like, and, and, and to, to make it simple, like if you're trying to, if you're really trying to hit your goal, uh, you know, like the saying, fuck around and find out, you know, like you find out a lot if you try to fuck around with the world and, and disrupt the market. One thing is like last year for me, I it, like working. Yes, sure. I've coached like other businesses and stuff before, but I've never uh, fully worked with a salesperson in my own business. Right. Mm. So that was a new role for me. And and I'm really grateful it was someone like Gabe who we naturally get along very well, have a similar sense of humor and enjoy working together. But it also tested me as someone who. Like I realized that I slipped into for about four or five months, like I fully slipped into that, like, um, like, yeah, Gabe's got it. Gabe's selling, you know, and I could have been right there with him selling the whole time, but it's like, I focused on other stuff, but Mm. I I didn't, I wasn't sharpening my blade. Right. Mm. And because I was wearing whoop at the time, I could see that like, I was more now likely to like, you know, go out on Fridays and Saturdays because I knew I didn't have appointments myself and that that was and that that was okay, Right. And Mm. what I ended up realizing is that not only is it antithetical to my goal, but also takes a step in the wrong direction health wise. Right. So knowing like at the end of the year um, and I also started to work with Cam at the end of last year and get really, I would say, really well educated on how to align certain health eating and drinking goals with like the behaviors aligned with my my future goal which was i was really lost on before you know how to how to determine what to eat and drink in a week in order to maximize my energy for my performance was not something i was ever good at so um realizing what i learned this year you know i went and got gabe a whoop now we look at our weekly performance assessments every monday yeah, yeah, that's yeah. the first thing we do together we we dial in what we're looking to create that week and we check on <clears throat> check on each other throughout the week too right like you know life happens sometimes you get hit with a red recovery or like a 50 percent sleep and we have a protocol or talk about how to do that right and we even last week implemented a bonus structure that if he can get a certain recovery and sleep score week over week, like there's, a, there's actually a bonus every week for yeah, that. Right. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. like, it's like things that I would have never like, dude, two years ago, 
<laughs> like, dude, you know? dude, imagine us meeting ourselves two years ago. It's just John keeps saying this every six months, but like we are, you know, six months ago we're like the idiot of our. You but know, I remember, whatever, whatever dude, I remember, moment, yo, I present idiot of our future selves. Crazy, I'm, that dude. I remember being so hungover for a day of estimates once when I was a rookie operator. <laughs> In 2018, I went out <clears throat> Friday night. It was one of my best friend's birthdays. We went out. We were out till like 3 a.m. I must have got two hours of sleep. I woke up, felt like I got hit by a truck. And I am not kidding, boys. This is one of the most shameful things. I threw up in a client's bathroom at an estimate. Oh, so I threw up. And I pulled it off. No one knew. Here. No one knew. Okay. Yeah. It's coming out for the first time here five years later. Oh, really? Gonna, yeah. Oh, no one. Okay. Well, no, no, no. A lot of people knew. But like, like no, no. The... Uh, uh, like the the homeowner like i was just in the bathroom you know like oh. i just i was like hey i gotta go to the bathroom and then i went and like ah. threw up and then yeah <laughs> ah. but i remember <laughs> i remember like response. picking myself up and being like and then you like kind of clean yourself up and you look yourself in the mirror in that bathroom and you're just like what the fuck are you doing yeah. you know like what was the what was the client's response they didn't know they didn't know oh okay so I, I not in, by no means am I trying to one up here, but I actually had a very similar experience uh, in, I think this might've been my first or second year, but I threw up in the client's front lawn. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> fertilizer. They're just like, hey yeah. man, maybe we should do this another time. You're like, no, God, no. I'm Her good. name was Kathy Murray. <gasps> Kathy. Yeah. Let me guess you booked the Kathy job. Kathy Murray. Let's get her on the podcast. I actually, do you know what? So interesting enough, she, it actually ended up yeah, playing in my enough, favor so we're much. We're in court still to this day. <laughs> yeah. No, like, the world, um, no, the world kind of like. You threw up on my I hydrangeas. Mean, no, I puked <laughs> on her front lawn and um, it actually worked in my favor because she was such a caring, like she was a teacher and a mom. And so she was like actually concerned that I was sick. And then she ended up booking with me and she's like, no, she gave me a glass of water and she was like actually really like nice about it. She had no idea that I was hung over. She no just didn't, way. you know, she just didn't. So she like took it as like, oh my God, you're so sick, you know? But fortunately for me though, I had already, um, you know, did all the math and everything like that. I was walking up to her house to present. So I was able to kind of like, you know, sit down, have some water and be like, you know, kind of like regather myself and then just, you know, go. Yeah. So. Nice. nice. Right. Yeah. But uh, like, it wasn't like, so I'd already built some rapport with her, if you know what I mean. Like she knew that was a nice kid. Yeah. It was, I just like walked up and then I was like, Hey, like let's do this quote. <laughs> That's awesome. And it was also like a water puke too. So it wasn't even like, like, you know, like stop, it was stop. like, I wouldn't care. Dude. That's, no, dude. I got, I got, this is important details. It's not worse if it was like a big fucking pile of puke. It was like more of like, you know, like it like sunk into the grass. Like you, you didn't even notice that puke, you know, like, right 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 yeah no that is different though it is, is extremely different, like, like, different. no chunks <laughs> yeah like no chunks on someone's lawn and it's like just a pile of orange like shit like stop, you know stop. like a bear just like squatted like stop. Um, can i actually read i found the sun zoo thing and this is this is really good okay okay yeah okay there's, there's two there's there's a couple lines here but anyway so um if there is disturbance in the camp the general's authority is weak if the banners and flags are shifted about sedation is afoot if the officers are angry, it means the men are weary. It's a good line. Mm. Uh, the sight of men whispering <laughs> together in small knots or speaking in subdued tones points to dissatisfaction amongst the rank and file, obviously. But this is the line I was talking about more specifically. Uh, if soldiers are punished before they have grown attached to you, they will not prove submissive. And unless submissive, then will be practically useless. If when the soldiers have become attached to you, you pun your punishments are not enforced, they will still be useless. Therefore, soldiers must be treated in the first instance with humanity, but kept under control by means of iron discipline. 
this is a road to certain uh, to a certain or this is a road this is a cer certain road to victory that's a terrible sentence um if in training soldiers commands are habitually enforced the army will be well disciplined if not its discipline will be bad if a general shows confidence in his men but always insists on his orders being obeyed the gain will be mutual yeah cool yeah um one thing I realized, uh, I, I was listening to, a, I don't know if you guys listen to the Whoop podcast at all. Oh, there goes my light. No. I should probably change that timer. Jeez. Um, anyway, the CEO of Whoop, his name's Will Ahmed. He went to MIT. He's from, uh, he lives in Boston. He's a pretty interesting CEO because he's never had a job in his life. Like he founded Whoop right out of Harvard and is like he has, he was a part-time teller. I thought it was MIT. Bank. Yeah. Sorry. What did I say? Oh, Harvard? No, sorry. Yeah, yeah, MIT, when, MIT. When name drops don't work. I uh, no, no. Sorry. He went to MIT. Um, Michigan Ex Institute and, uh, of Technology? Yeah. Um, no, Massachusetts. Massachusetts. Um, no, 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 I'm just kidding. Anyway, he was on the podcast, My First Million. Uh, I don't know if you guys ever, have ever listened to that before. No. Um, it's a pretty cool podcast. It's kind of like how I built this uh, with Guy Raz, but a little bit more casual. Anyway, he was talking about how um, like this, the, the hosts were kind of like, they're kind of like bros, you know, they're just like a couple millionaires, but they just interview actual like ongoing millionaires that like how they made their first million. And um, do they actually get into the finances of it or no? A little bit, but not not as much as probably you would like. But they were like, so, Will, like, what's the deal with this sleep stuff? Like, really? Like, because Whoop was, uh, they, they went into a research phase, unlike any other wearable, where they just followed around world-class athletes for two years. Like, they worked with LeBron, and, like, uh, that was probably the biggest one. I can't remember some of the other Michael athletes. Phelps. But probably Michael Phelps. Michael Phelps. Michael Phelps, yeah. And Patrick Mahomes. But anyway, they, like, learned how, like, world-class athletes recover and how they manage their like how they sleep and, and how they manage recovery and all these things. And uh, he was saying how one of the most interesting findings that it, about sleep, which I never even thought of and or even thought to, to look at, but like when you get your sleep score, it splits it up between like light sleep, slow wave sleep, which is like deep sleep, and then uh, REM sleep, rapid eye movement sleep. And um, there's like a function where if you like the, the larger proportion of slow wave sleep and REM sleep that you have compared to light, the lower the degree of activation in your amygdala that day. I don't know what that any of what you said means. I yeah, I was gonna. So say the amygdala is like the emotion center of your brain. Oh, well, I do yeah, know I if you're sleepy, I you get you get more stressed. I know that for sure. Yeah, so pretty much that, but it it comes down to you're like also sadder. The parts, like the the chemicals that get released in your brain during that recovery sleep, which is deep sleep and REM sleep, those chemicals lead to a de like a lower activation of your emotion center. Okay, in your so, brain that day. so if if I'm hearing this in, I dropped out of university speak. Well, it's not, which yeah. is how only way that I hear things <laughs> is that if you have a deeper sleep, you're going to be less of an asshole. Yeah. But but also okay, be able you know. to make more calculated decisions. Like you can't, you know. Like I would argue that you can't do. Like we can't do what we're trying to do if our amygdala is lighting up every day. Like if I we're agree. if we're if we're living into our so so it's just interesting to find. Well, out this that, goes back to the meditation, the presence yes, thing, right? Yeah. Yes. 
But it, I mean, it was a carryover of like the, you know, five years no, ago throwing it. up in an estimates yard of like probably like, you know. Man, the no amount of times that I think about how my routine was previously. On a very just quick side note, I do want to show everyone that I do actually have a Patrick Mahomes game-worn jersey from when he was in university, draft day card. Just going to throw that out there. <laughs> well, it's a piece of his jersey, so. Yeah. Piece of fabric of his jersey. It's a, it's, a, it's a card with a game-worn jersey slice embedded in it. It's a numbered draft card. Yes. Damn. That's true. With a Texas tag. Yeah. And I'm going to show everybody oh, my be. wallet with 200 extra dollars that John doesn't have. No, I I, uh, I actually... <laughs> no, I bought that from a... I actually bought... No, uh, actually, do you know what? If you want to know the absolute truth of it, I actually had an employee that worked for me many, many years ago who uh, had stolen that card, not the card specifically, but he stole a bunch of packs of cards from Walmart. And I remember like, I was like, I was like, 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 uh, what, what was he even? Oh, no, no. This guy actually was crashing on my house for a few days. The fucking crazy story in itself. Wow. He was crashing my house for a few days. And I was like, uh, I, th- I think it was something like he came home and we had a bunch of these packs. And I was like, hey, man, like, what are those? And he's like, do you want one? I was like, sure. And then afterwards, I found out that he stole them. Mm. But anyway, that's actually where I got the card. Cost me nothing other than my morals. Wow. Dude, I think you should return it tomorrow. Or you to go to Walmart. Go back to the Walmart. Hey, you guys want this Patrick Mahomes card? No, you should go <laughs> back to Walmart and just pay market value for it. Just go up to their cash register. Be like, here is $50. And just walk away. Yeah, I'm not going to. <laughs> Why not? It's not. It's not yours. It's literally stolen property, John. What's the logic? Oh, this is good. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. Dude. I'm just. I'm just. Dude, I'm, I'm considering being, a bunch of responses. But I'm going to show, show, show discipline. Such a lemur comment from from uh... a lemur. I think that was being more of a lemur. lemur. That's a no, weamer. no, but like, but like straight up as a good friend, like You're being a weemer. I feel like there's very few people who will call that out. I think that's kind of crazy that you flaunt that. Emmer, I'm one of the few friends that's gonna fire back with as much cannon fodder as you just came. Emmer, so when you when you when you, when you went to go buy that website, did you pay off your sea balloon first or your your uh, serb first? No, I didn't. That's good. I like okay. that shit, but, that's, but I need that. I like that though. <laughs> Because we have that shit on record. No, I know. I know. <laughs> Good. Thank you for reminding me. Like, I don't know what else to tell you. I'll go back to Walmart and pay the, I'll, I'll, I'll pay Walmart the, uh, the amount of the pack. The luck is, is, is uh, just fortunate of itself. What do you think of that? That's fair. that's fair. I think that's totally fair. But I think you should adjust it to inflation. Like, it should be fair. Okay. I will. I'll, I'll give them like $13.67. Sure. I, I wonder if they'd even let you do that. Just like giving the money into the register. They, they'll take his money for sure. <laughs> I don't think they would though. I don't think they would. I don't think they would. I, I think they need to I like go back and tell them the story and they're like, wow, thank you so much for telling us. And it's like, you're going to have to come with us. You're going to go to prison. <laughs> <laughs> We've been uh, looking for that very specific card this entire time. Yeah. Uh, so That's... yeah, I I just got back from a weekend uh, visiting my mom. Actually, um, mm-hmm. yeah, nice. My grand, I, it was my mom's birthday. Uh, she turned uh, fifty-five. How often do you see your mom? 
I see my mom probably about two to three times a year, I would say. Okay, cool. More around there. Yeah, I see my grandparents probably about the same, two to three times a year. And then How far uh, away are they again from you? They're in Nelson? Both for four or five hours. Nice. Is there a, can you take a flight but, there? No. What? There's no private airport where you can just take like a small Cessna there? Well, you could fly into Castlegar, which is about 40 minutes from my mom's place. There you go. Um, but it wouldn't save you much time because it's, so you'd have to still show up like, you know, an hour early to your domestic flight in Kelowna. And then the other issue that arises is that uh, the nickname for Castlegar's airport is Cancelgar because it's like it's in the middle of the mountains and so the amount of flights that get canceled there is like i'm not even exaggerating it's like 75 percent of the flights get canceled or delayed what so it ends up not really being a save of time um and then also i actually like going for a drive with trisha like it's kind of like a nice like it's a good time for us to just like chit chat like you know we just have a lot of like relationship chats and actually matter of fact so trisha is like really kind of like uh embracing that she wants to get out of nursing in the next three years, like, and like really trying to embody like a mother role or something like that. And so there's a part of her that's like, well, I don't want to just like, you know, like be fully dependent on you. I'd like to try and replace some of my income. So she's trying to, you know, look at trying to get into real estate to some degree, like as far as like investing in it. And so it was actually really cool. Cause she's been reading a bunch of the books that I read when I was, you know, ah, that's super cool. Real estate. Yeah. And then, so then on the drive there, I basically just like, was able to like kind of like download a bunch of the information I have on real estate onto her. And I was able to kind of explain the finances of real estate and, and how to read, you know, income statement and things like that. So she understands like, you know, cap rates now and all the financial metrics and stuff like that. So it was actually a really good time for us to just like chit chat and things like that. That's cool. So I don't mind the drive. Yeah. yeah I actually don't mind the dri- driving either. Like with the- under five hours is, is totally yeah. perfectly fine. Yeah. And you stop, you know, we, it's good. I, uh, I eat pistachios the whole time I'm driving, basically. <laughs> Unsalted, of course, right? Uh, no, I, I, I do sea salt um, shelled pistachios. Okay, fair enough. So you don't destroy them. Dude, you buy unshelled Correct. pistachios? It's a rookie move, actually, I found rookie out. Rookie yeah. move, yeah. I know, I, because the thing is, is you end up eating them like popcorn, and it's just yeah, a total yeah, yeah. fucking mess. Yeah, no, the, 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 the pistachios were shelled for a reason. God was onto something there. Yeah, you know? yeah. Like, there's a reason why they're not. Yeah. Know. Dude, and there's also, like, one out of every, like, 15 that's, like, you're, like, I'm going to, I got to risk it all to get this open. Like, it's, like, there's some that Well, are, I buy the ones that are, like, open. it's a certain brand that's, like, 85% cracked for you. Oh, really? Ooh. They yeah. pre-crack them. Ooh. Yeah, they're like they're like like you gotta like do minimal percent open. Oh no way! Yeah, yeah they're like eighty five percent open. Yeah, Damn. you pay a slight premium, but yeah, they're like slightly more open, so you're not like because not gonna lie, one of the biggest downsides to pistachios is that my eating out game is like way way lower afterwards. <laughs> Your what game? Oh, like in bed? Yeah, it's way weaker. <laughs> Bro. Yeah, because you because you're like your. I'd love like, to your hear mouth this. Is sore. Dude. Your mouth, like, like imagine that you like imagine doing bicep curls all day and then going home and having to do push ups. It's just you're not gonna be as effective. It's like, dude, if, if all day you're just eating pistachios with your tongue and like working your mouth and then you like go to fucking use it later that night, like, yeah, man. Yo, are you? Not, what are you get. doing with your tongue when you eat pistachios, dude? Like, what? I don't understand. Like, you, you're opening the shell and you're like, oh no, I, I do the whole thing the with my mouth. That's insane. Wow. what do you mean you you're a, what you're a, you're like a little monkey just using your hands like what yes 
Yes, John. You're like, oh, you're yeah, not I pop I it think... in my mouth and I open it with and my And then tongue. you got to spit out the shell. Yeah. No. No. That's not how I you like, eat pistachios. I do the whole thing with my tongue. I actually yeah. think that's the incorrect way to eat pistachios. I think we could agree on that. I like put my I, tongue I'd inside like the to pistachio take it and I like twist it to the side and it cracks open. And then I like lick Please. out the inside and then I like... I don't know. For, that's insane. Formal <sighs> formal request of, of those listening to the pod. What the break, hell did I'm gonna you break, think I meant? I'm going to break now the... Now I see you're confused. Yeah, I was like, Now what? I see you're confused. I'm like, yeah, yeah. yeah. You're probably like, what the <laughs> fuck is John talking about? Yeah, I am like a little monkey and the, open the shell and then eat the... Well, thing. I do... I, I eat pistachios a lot when I'm driving, so it's just that's not workable. Fair enough, fair like, enough. You can use yeah, one like, hand. So through, through necessity, I've... <laughs> I've learned how to open up a pistachio with my tongue. It's not hard by any stretch. Like it's not like anyone that wants yeah. to try it. It's not hard. Yeah. But I'll, I'll say this though: if you were doing pistachios that weren't eighty five percent cracked, then that'd be hard. That'd yeah, be it would be. I, do that. I, I buy Yo, a brand that's slightly more open. Makes sense. I'm gonna break the fourth wall. People listening, please, please send us a message if you eat your, eat pistachios like John. If if you eat pistachios normally, you don't need to send a message. But I, I need to know if there's anyone else out there that does this. I don't think. There well, is. Cam's one of them. I talked about this with Cam. Great. And Cam's data set of one. Cam's up there. Bruh. Well, yeah, but Cam's worth at least like five men. No, he has one heart. <laughs> no, Cam's worth about five men. I don't know. I don't know what your metric for worth. I know he's a stand-up guy. I use the same metrics the Romans did, which is how much how much gold could can uh can be uh put into the man's body. How much gold? Liquid gold. Yeah. So what is like? There's a lot of gold that you could put into Cam's body. Is that what you're saying? Well, that's where that's where the saying "he's worth his weight in gold" comes from. Because what the like? So the Romans like if if there was a bounty, the most common way of paying a bounty in 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 Rome was you would bring the person's head back. They would hollow it out, pour gold into it, solidify it, and then that's how much gold you would get. Wow, I did yeah. not know that. And then, and then, so they would say, uh, so, or in other words, they would say like, so the bounty would be like one arm. So they would give you one arm of gold or full body bounty as in they would like literally crack a little hole open, haul him fully out and pour gold right down to his fucking ass. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, what are you talking about? (laughs) Yeah, buddy. (laughs) This is for bounties. If you're looking for a person in, in, uh, yeah, during like the, uh, this would be ancient Rome. Damn. That's where the saying he's worth his weight in gold comes from. I kind of feel like you might be screwing with me, but I... I, I no, not at all. Not Cam at all. weighs 190, 195, so... All I'm saying, he's worth about five men. I, I don't know. Maybe genetic. Take that as you may. Point being, though, I don't know. Cam opens pistachios with his tongue. Yeah, the data set of right one. Now. Find me more. Okay, fine. Well, I'm I'm two. <laughs> Great. <laughs> this is not statistically significant. We need a thousand. I bet there's a strong correlation between someone's sexual satisfaction in life and whether or not they open up pistachios with a tongue. Oh yeah? What's that correlation? <laughs> that he's not afraid to use it. <laughs> 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 wow <laughs> fair enough john you know what i think you'd be good at you know how like um like i really enjoy watching like prank videos like really well done prank videos like um 
<laughs> I would be good at that. Dude, you I, can I, keep a straight face. Like, I feel like it's just like a, a muscle. Like, I can't. Dude, I this, can't at all. There was this There was this one time. I forget. It's kind of not a good story because I don't remember the details. But the, uh, Trisha, Christine, Tristan, and I were all in a hot tub in Whistler one time. And I forget what it was. But there was something absolutely insane that I had, like, but that I was dead serious about, like, or like that I was, I was faking it to Christine. It was something about like, but it was something like really, like, it wasn't like offensive to women, but it was something ridiculous. Like it was a viewpoint that like, you'd have to be like, what is he fucking joking? And I was like dead serious. Right. I, Oh, do you know what I think it was? Was, uh, do you know like that hot, crazy matrix? Oh yeah. yes. Yeah, yeah. 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 I like, I was like presenting that to Christine as if I was like a PhD fucking scientist and I was dead serious. Right. And then, but then and you were saying like, there's was, no exceptions to this. Like, it's just a rule. No, no. I was explaining it to her and I was like, anyway, but so I was explaining to her, but then Christine and Tristan or sorry, Trisha and Tristan both like went along with it though. Oh. So they kind of came to my defense. Cause like they both saw what, what was happening and it was just like, Christine was just in like this like vortex of like her whole world just falling apart. And then finally it was like, okay, I'm fucking with you. You know, That's like, I'm not actually this like massager's asshole. Yeah. 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 <sighs> Damn. John, how was your week? So one of my favorite things to do actually with Trisha is like, uh, I'll just kind of go off on like, uh, like a rant about something that's complete bullshit. But then <laughs> she's getting good enough though that they kind of know like when I'm like bullshitting or when I'm not. Like I'll start going off about like a rant. Like I'll make up some fact about an animal and I'll just kind of go off <laughs> about it, you know? Or uh, a really big joke is like, I have like this like world champion joke. That's like, it's an inside joke between Trisha and I, but like basically no matter what task we do, I always joke that at one point in my life I was world champion at it. So like, I'll give you an example. Like, like it's just like just ridiculous shit. Like she'll be like, uh, oh, like, you know, can you cook some pancakes? I'm like, can I cook, cook some pancakes? I'm like, I was the 1972 world champion of cooking pancakes, right? And like, I'll just go off on like this whole, like, like, I'll be like, yeah, my competitor, Boris, like he was like, and I'll go through a whole story of like how it is I won this championship of flipping pancakes. And I'll go into it as if I was telling it like as a lucid dream, you know, like a story, right? And and she's just, I don't know, she's, she doesn't laugh really much of it anymore, but she's just like, a lot of times I'll be like, <laughs> you, you, and she's like, let me guess, you were world champion, you know. Like. That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. She's like, oh, are the roads bad? I'm like, sweetie. I used to drive in Siberia. I was the world champion snow driver, you know. Like, <laughs> you know, I rode truckers. That was based on my life. <laughs> basically, yeah. Basically. Well, and or like, I don't know, I just... Like every, you know, every time I leave the house, I'm like, I, I give her a kiss. I'm like, okay, sweetie, like if I don't, you know, if I don't get killed by a wolf today, like I'll see you later. Right. Or, okay, sweetie, I'm gonna go kill a dragon. See you later. You know, like I just, uh, you know, I'm just always fucking with her that way. So. Just playful. That's nice. Yeah. But, but not playful. Like, but I say it with like absolute sincerity though. Yo, you're like the type. So <clears throat> the, something happened recently that reminded me of you. We were at a. <laughs> We were, we were at a comedy show. Did you witness an exceptionally good-looking man that was very funny <laughs> into your life? No, dude. This guy. We we were we were at a comedy show. Actually, I was there with Miranda, my parents, and Miranda's parents. Um, and uh, Gabe was also there with uh, his brother and his girlfriend, and I think a few other people. And um, the comedian came out. And, you know, he's probably like five minutes into his set 
And there's this guy just sitting there in the front row with his arms crossed like this, you know? And so the comedian's like, hey, man, like, what's up with you, you know? <laughs> like, like, what do you do? And the guy just literally, like, the comedian goes, what's up with you? And the guy literally just goes, no. Like, the, the whole like the whole place heard him just say no. Like, he was just not about to have this comedian, sh- like, tear him apart. This comedian must have spent 10 minutes just destroying this guy, like, Good. to pieces. Good. And he just didn't move. He's just like this the whole fucking time. He didn't say Dean like Flinch. one word answers, no smile. Dude, I'm so happy Fuck with this all. Guy. Nothing. And I didn't even know what was more impressive, the comedian or this guy. Because yeah. the comedian, like, the, you could tell the whole room wanted him to stop. It was getting that awkward. But it was also just as funny. And oh man, I, I I knew I thought of you, John. I'm like, John could be in either of these roles right now. John would be the guy fucking with the guy. <laughs> or he'd be the guy sitting there just like nope. Nope. I've given him guy nothing. At a comedy show. Giving him nothing. Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> I, Trish and I went uh Trish and I so the only last year's <clears> not the only time I've been to a comedy show, but only time I've been to a comedy show in Kelowna. So Trish and I went to this comedy show because like I got like a two for one buddy pass or whatever it was. Like we were like walking on the street, got this pass. Anyway, went to this comedy show. It was like a wine night and we showed up. We were the only two people there. Oh, no the way. Only two people there. So it was kind of like a private comedy show for us. And all, I, you know, all the comedians were like, you guys want to still do this? I'm like, yeah, I don't fucking care. Like fucking use this as a warm up. Like, yeah, I don't care. Yeah, like, yeah. like you guys all have material. You have to practice. Like this is like, we'll, like we'll be a good audience. Like, you know, I'll laugh at you. And, uh, <laughs> and I, I they kind of fuck with them at one point there was this black comedian and so he like was like walking up and it was like it, the room was like fairly dark but then like you know it was just the one light on stage and then uh so he was walking whatever up on stage and the moment he walked on stage I'm like holy fuck i didn't even see you man oh, like you know like <laughs> i like act as if i like had never i'm sure that. i'm sure he loved that i'm sure he loved that I don't know. Everyone, honestly, it was probably the only. It was probably the only Yo, time everyone anyone laughed about, that uh, fucking night. It was. It was pretty dry. I, I, I love <laughs> stand up comedy. I, I would go to stand up comedy every weekend if I like. I, I could. It I was. Guess, it was but. pretty awkward though. There, like one of the guys that was like uh, telling jokes. Actually, I went to high school with, and it was the first time oh. I'd seen him like since then. And then one of his skits was like him like having like awkward shower sex in his dad's basement, and it was just a really. It was just a like. Yeah, a <laughs> it was just dynamic. like an awkward. It was like an awkward dynamic that I knew him before, you know, like beforehand. Cause it was just like, I was like, ah, this is actually you though. Like this isn't (laughs) so funny. Yeah. So, but otherwise, man, I don't know. So I, I, you know, I went to see my mom. I had a really good time. Um, my mom, I I can see like her, uh, like she's making progress in her life, which I can see actually, which is interesting because I hadn't seen progress in her life in quite a while, at least like, you know, just from like a, conversational standpoint like she's just a little bit more open-minded than she's ever been which i was like oh that's kind of cool like very open-minded actually with some pretty good and good intense conversations that i was like oh you know yeah go ahead like what, what were some of those signs that she was open-minded what else well just like a lot of times my mom has been very closed-minded in the past about how like because my mom's not a very good listener in general i would say like she's definitely more of like the she kind of just talks and then when you're talking, she's just going to like, like waiting for her to then talk next. Right. So like a lot of what you're saying is not actually, 
And then she's also uh, an individual that uh, has a very hard time separating the ideas from the person. So anytime you have an opposing view to her, it's like you're opposed to her, uh, not yeah. just the idea. But we actually had like a, a fairly, actually a very good family discussion about abortion and our views on it. <laughs> and I think everyone was actually pretty surprised to hear that I'm actually like, not like I'm I, I'm not for abortion like I'm just, I just but I'm not against it per se like and and, and that was one of the that was one of the, and I'm not, by no means am I wanting to have a full fledged discussion here but the core <laughs> core point of, our, of my argument was that I think that it's great that people can have differing opinions but we can all agree that the government should be the one that like says yeah. what we can and can't do right and like I, I you know like pro choice kind of thing but not necessarily pro government right yeah and uh, but so I had this very pretty different differing view from my mom. And my mom was actually very much able to just like fully accept that and not actually like necessarily wow. like feel like attacked. And it was interesting. So like either, you know, I think one of two things happened. So one, I think I've been improving it, not necessarily attacking individuals, but attacking the ideas um, or presenting my ideas as in like, hey, this is actually not opposed to you per se. Like we can actually have a different opinion here. Like we can coexist. But then also my mom's ability to actually um, uh, like, again, like detach from the idea a little bit and see, oh, that's an interesting perspective. So she was listening, right? And I've noticed that as I've uh, become more of a man, quote unquote, I feel like I've, my mom is like more and more willing to, uh, let's say, like, listen to me or like that kind of thing. You know, I don't know if you've noticed that in, in your life. <clears throat> what do you think led to that? Led to what? Her, her ability to do so. Like, what changes did she make? I think my mom has started to accept life for what it is hmm. more than she has in the past was she resistant to things resisting. Oh, yes i was gonna say i think that she yeah you stole the word of my mouth she um she's resisting life less and i think that her happiness is going up as a result wow it is what it is it's a great philosophy it is what it is is an interesting one but also it's even more than just it is what it is my mom is also it is what it is, and here's what I can do to make it better. Ooh, that's pretty high level, Whereas bro. Whereas before, it was, this is bullshit that it's this way, and it shouldn't be this way. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Or it's not fair, you know, like that kind of thing. Where my mom's, like, not, like, in that that headspace anymore. She seems to be much more in a pro, uh, proactive phase rather than a reactive phase. And it's just, it, it was nice to see my mom that way, you know? The other thing, too, is that Trisha hasn't been around my family all often because she's when i go out she just happens to have been working the last several times mm. and she's seen my grandparents a few times because we've done some trips with them but it was uh it's just a really beautiful moment actually i was sitting at the dinner table my grandparents were there uh, trisha was there and my mom were there i was there and trisha was just kind of like everyone was kind of having a conversation with Trisha and I was just kind of sitting back oh. and listening and I was like, man, like I'm, you know, like, like this is kind of cool. Like she's a part of the family kind of thing. You know, like, like I'm going to marry this woman. Like we'll spend the rest of her life together. And like, she, here she is like wow. interacting with my grandparents and my mom, you know, it's yeah, like, oh, yeah. this is pretty cool, you know, because I remember being, um, like a kid, you know, and, uh, like seeing, cause like right now I'm the, like, so the age that I am currently is the age that my uncles were when I like started having memories and things like mm. that. Like when I, like when I looked, you know, and it's just, so I, you know, like there was like my uncle's wives, for example, I always, I always viewed them as like a part of the family. And mm -hmm. now Trisha is kind of now entering into that role. And it's just kind of like, oh, this is interesting. Like this is, this is life. Like this is the progression, you know, like, yeah. Whoa. Yeah. I never thought about that. My aunt's husbands and my uncle's wives. It's like, 
oh, yeah now when I'm an uncle now like I have nephews and I'm now the age that my uncle you know like when I think of my uncles I always think of them as like late 20s early 30s right because like there's a spread there mm. between them and that's kind of like the age you know like that's what I'm an adult now I'm the, the adult right now like when I'm at a family dinner I'm now the uncle that has a wife wow that's yeah that's interesting you know what I mean yeah. And so it was just cool f- and to see Trisha, you know, kind of, uh, yeah, like she's a woman. That's cool. Yeah, it is. It is. Um, <clears throat> it is really nice to have, you know, two sides of your family coming together. Um, like what, what's I, I find it very pleasing or I guess like there's no real there's no real feeling to describe it, I guess, or at least that I can describe. But it's just. It's just nice that uh, like my mom and Miranda's mom like are friends and like get along. Oh, that that has not happened yet. Right. Yeah. But that's just like uh, no one another in thing. family has met anyone of my family. That's kind of crazy. No, it's not really. They're both lo- uh, low demographics that live ten hours apart. Yeah, you guys have been together for a long time though. Like you guys are gonna marry each other, and and your families haven't met, right? Like low demographics gonna... that live ten ten hours apart. Just it's not likely they're gonna see each other. Well, until the marriage. okay, marriage. I, I understand, but I'm saying that like you could make that happen. Like you know what I mean? Um, not as much as you think, but sure, yeah. I'm I'm, I'm not questioning your like you know like willingness or anything. I'm just saying you're saying low demographics that live. 10 hours apart well you, like like for example like my mom works and like her mom works i understand like, a lot no, yeah. I, I know I'm, I'm just saying that like you could have your family meet trisha's family at your house yes, at, at a holiday or something i don't know fuck like whatever but yeah um <clears throat> but I, I i think that like to build off of your point of trisha being with your family it, it is um yeah it is nice to i don't know how to describe it but you know, having your significant other, no, I, I don't know either. Having kind of significant like, other, it was a really beautiful moment for me. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree, man. It was a really beautiful moment. Mm-hmm. Like I just, I just saw it. And I was like, hmm, this is very interesting. You know, like it was just like a very like a uh, adult moment, I suppose. Yeah. Amber. I also uh, read a book uh, recently that was kind of just the timing was good. It was a it was a book about the uh, marijuana uh, boom in bc specifically nelson what the there's 90s, a book about early 2000s <laughs> it's actually even more it's even it's even actually more interesting than that it was very it was a very interesting book for me because uh so interesting enough like i actually recognized a lot of the names in the book because a lot of them were obviously from nelson but even like the lawyers in the book like my mom had the same lawyers like when my mom got busted like she had like you know like scog's dad and Sufferdine. like it was the same lawyers right and um and then one of the stories in the book actually was my stepdad jeff like, so my mom's currently married to him. One of the stories of him, like him uh, as a drug courier, and they went to prison in the States for just a uh, a little bit because they got busted at the border on their sleds, like trying to like pick up some uh, like a money drop. And like the story's in the book. And I was reading it. I'm like, fuck, this is Jeff. Like, this is a story he fucking told me. Wow. You know? Yeah. That's so random. Yeah. No way. And then I, and I was talking to Jeff about it. I'm like, did you get an interview for this book? He's like, yeah, I got interviewed like three months before it was, you know, before it was uh, published solid damn austin for next year are you gonna pick one lane or are you gonna keep playing three i think i'm gonna be able to answer that question 
um, by August of this year because nice. I, I, I want to, this is a very interesting, uh, f- six months for me coming up because, uh, I'm going to see how this, um, experiment. Yeah. Like in a way, like I, I am forging the path of, uh, what it means to coach people here and, and the amount of businesses you can coach compensation for that and responsibility load workload you know there's a tipping point when you start to take on enough businesses that your time with each one decreases right so finding that number so uh, yeah i'm kind of like the uh i i'm i volunteer like i i'm i'm more than excited to be the guinea pig for this whole process um but yeah the next six months will tell me where, where to go for sure Amber, do you, so like, cause Austin, you're probably building towards one of those becoming more of your focus over time, right? Like yeah. Roles. Yeah. Do you consider that choosing a role, Amber? Yeah. 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 That's what I mean. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Elaine, Elaine, I said, I don't know if yeah. I said role. Well, sure. But yeah. yeah, sorry. But yeah, I, okay. Maybe there's a difference there, but like, like, like Austin's and myself, I think we both have multiple roles or lanes, I suppose, I suppose. That we're, but we're reducing those lanes over time. Yeah. Like they're, they're narrowing. Correct. And I was just curious for us. I never asked them that question. Whereas mm-hmm. you and I, John, we've talked about this extensively. But after like, yeah, after working with Gabe and also Mark, I like, I never, I'll never forget that conversation we had. I don't even know how long ago it was at this point, like coaching versus owning. <laughs> Probably not that long ago. I think it was like end of the summer last year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It just makes me realize how possible it is to like start up and own another location as opposed to like recruit, hire, and train another franchise. Yeah, dude, Austin, for God's sakes, please, I'm making a request of you. If you are at all considering the path of ownership, please, I would love to have a conversation with you. Listen, Amory, if you want to be a sales rep for my new location, I will I will give you an interview. Okay? Maybe. Send me your resume. Send me a few references. No. Actually, speaking of which. I feel I'm ready. Actually, yeah, what's up, John? Well, I was going to say, this is actually an interesting moment here um, that I'm just observing. If you're a listener of this podcast and you've been at all listening to this episode, you may have actually heard multiple positions that could work for you. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and if so, you can email Austin. You can mail me. <laughs> and you can call Amher's assistant. <laughs> or you could just DM us on Instagram. Um, Don't do that because Austin's going to probably cherry pick all the Oh, people. my it's God. Yeah, yeah, he yeah, is yeah. top of funnel there. Yeah. Yeah, I don't yeah. Have an assistant, someone, someone lives in joke. Western Canada. I'm if like, you're yeah, from the yeah, podcast, come to Quebec. I will personally call Orchard Park Mall, Kelowna, BC, V1Y, nine eight eight. Yo, Just honestly though, yourself. the biggest uh, the biggest thing for me is recruiting people that speak, That's why it's a PO speak box, French. PO box, buddy. Um, Amber, what were you gonna say? You, you were gonna say I I'm actually ready, ready for to the idea of doing business with you guys. Oh, we've earned that now. I'm not. Huh? 
we've earned that now did was it just today i earned that right or what what was what no was no that? i'm just i just feel like no, i'm, I'm getting close i don't think we're ready yet no i, I said i'm ready closer, to the idea john i'm ready to the idea hey yo man you got really defensive there I just <laughs> no because wording matters <laughs> I, don't we're ready. I don't think we're ready uh, what makes man. you think we're, we're closer ready? though for sure i don't think we should go into business um, together I if think... we depend on the income at all at all at all i think, I think no i agree I think um I think that we'll all be in a position to do business with one another once we're all liquid millionaires and all of us have onboarded and at least had six months of a CEO for one of our businesses. Yeah, that's okay. when I think we'll be ready to do business. Yeah, together. you're in my mind. That's fine. Yeah, where it's like yes, I agree. Because the next business will the next business will probably be very uh will be much more capital intensive, <clears throat> and will also uh not be run by any of us. Um, who said anything about capital intensive? More capital intensive. Yeah. Okay. Compared to what a painting business? Yeah. Any business is more capital intensive than a painting business. Hence why I said more capital intensive. Yeah, all right. I'm just getting clarification. No, but but I'm, I'm saying the next business we buy is probably not going to be like a startup. It's probably going to be an existing business that we flip or something. Like yeah, that we arbitrage. Yeah. Correct. Yeah, the business itself might not be that capital intensive, but the next venture will be capital intensive. Like, like us buying like you know, whatever it could be, but like probably, probably like a mid-sized business. Yeah. That's, that's going to be fun. Anyways, that's, I just want to throw that out there. I want to plant uh, the seed. Build, we're getting close. Banking relationships. Yeah. I don't know what my credit score is. I need to check it out. Well, I'm not talking about credit score. I'm talking about with the type of, with the type of banking I'm talking about, it's not a credit score thing. Oh, okay. It's a character thing. Oh, you're talking old school banks. No, I'm not talking about old school banks. I'm just talking about when you when you know when you're when you're getting loans. You're referencing uh, like a quote 2000. from a book that, like, I remember what you're talking about, where the man judges. Well, no, bank. that's that's no, that's actually just that no, like that's like the fundamentals of banking, which is just character, collateral, credit, or capacity rather. Oh. Um, but but like if you're trying to get a you know a loan for under a million dollars. Credit matters. If you're trying to get it for a loan for over a million dollars, character matters. Oh, yeah. Fair enough. Well, I'm glad this is all recorded because I think we all have pretty good character as well. I would say. No, 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 no. That's not what I, I didn't mean that. I meant character as in like the bank is not loaning to you because you have a credit score of 900. They're loaning to you because they think you're going to be able to actually pay back the fucking loan. Yeah. Like, like, Capa- uh, like you have the capability. No, but like, but if you, but, but, uh, like, you know, like, um, if you're getting a mortgage, for example, like they're, they're obviously loaning at a point where they can recover most of their loan, even if you default. Right. And then obviously there's a capacity for you to, to pay it. Right. But when you're getting a loan to buy a business, now they're, they're not just banking on, like, there's no, there's, there's the chances of them getting much of a recovery is low. So at that point it's like, they're really banking on you being a good operator of the business, right? Like it's much more character based at that point. True. But yeah. I agree. Unless we plan on doing it all with our own money, which is highly unlikely. Hmm. Um Yeah, anything else notable, gentlemen, for this week that you want to share? I just have a couple of things. We'll go ahead then. No, I want to hear you guys first. No, not really. Well, no, we yeah, not really at all. Oh, cool. 
Um, one of the interesting discoveries I made about myself this week through introspection and reflection is that my self-confidence is based on external factors versus internal ones. Which I found pretty interesting. Did you make that realization on your own? Yeah. We didn't talk about that in the last podcast. Self-confidence? Yeah. Oh, dude, if we did, then yeah, I'm completely forgetting that. That's what we talked about. That was like the feature of our last podcast. Wasn't that, wait, was that last podcast, uh, Austin? Or was that the one before? Wasn't that what we spent most of the podcast talking about, which is that you validate through other people? Oh, no. Yeah, oh, that's was, one of the things. Yeah, two, for sure. Two, two podcasts ago, yeah. Yeah, but, no, but I, valid, I guess the connection. Sorry. I suppose I would I would link those two together. Like, I like didn't. Seeking validation from others. Okay, I, I, I see. Okay, well, then I see the connection that you're making. But, like, self-esteem or, like, your... your uh, uh, like that that's all I think that's all interconnected with validating with other people oh dude I, yeah I didn't make the connection like, I don't know if it's possible to have to not like if you're someone who seeks validation through the external I don't know if it's possible to have a self-esteem that's not based on the external like that's, that's the same difference like, yeah. it's like, that, wouldn't, that wouldn't make sense yeah. yeah but I made that discovery and I was like damn dude because there was one night um, it was it was last Friday where like I, I went out and there was the perfect external circumstances that allow me to have a hundred percent out of a hundred percent self-confidence. And it was like, I'm like, damn, like, is this truly what life can be? So, I don't understand the statement. Could you explain? Yeah. Um, like this scenario, I guess. Yeah. So I went out with my mom and my cousin and my brother and where did I put the notes? Like I'll, I'll try free free flow. I might miss a couple of details, but basically the way the night went, it ticked off all the things. Like I felt loved, I felt wanted, I felt important, I felt validated, and um, yeah, I was extremely self confident. We after like hanging out with my mom, my brother, and my cousin, I met up with a with a buddy of mine. We went to like a a, a bar. Um, I've been trying to get out more so I can meet people, so I can just go on more dates. Um, so I'm doing cold outbound. Love it, love it. You got to earn the cold outbound before you get Yeah, cold outbound. So we went to this, it was like private bar. So it already felt nice and important. I got complimented on the way in by like a good looking girl. Felt validated. Damn. Walked in, coat check. Uh, by the way, when Amber says complimented by a, a, a nice girl, she says, can I have your coat, please? <laughs> <laughs> Amber's like, yo, did you hear that? She's like, yo, yo she asked for my coat. Yo. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, hey, man, you didn't tip anything. You're like, what? Amber's like, Amber's like going into the nightclub. She's like, hey, watch your step. He's like, oh, oh, she cares, she about, cares me. about me. She cares about me. She cares about this body. You're saying that amazing. to everyone? Or? That's amazing. She's trying, to, she's trying to protect this body. She, she, she's going to hop on it later. <laughs> oh, shit. No, that ain't how long. Man. <laughs> yeah. But anyways, it was like a private bar, private entrance. It's invite only. We had a booth. And like... I was wearing my favorite shirt. Dude, and, already and, everything you're saying right now, I'm just I'm just laughing. Dude, it's cringe. Like, it's cringe. I'm telling <laughs> him I'm here to gossip on myself. Right? I know, I know, I know. It's part of the game. <laughs> John. Um, John, the last time John got a booth at a club, like bro, I didn't get it. No, I would, this I was would all pay, free for him. I would pay to see that. John 
at like twelve thirty. I would sell tickets to it. Twelve. No, no, no. We need. Dude, okay, we're yeah, going to is... Vegas. We can get a table. <laughs> I'm just kidding. The, there's, there's. When I say there's a zero percent chance, I'd be lying. Yeah, there you go. There is a one percent chance. There's a negative. The odds are so. The, the, no, the, the odds are not negative. <laughs> the odds are so low that, like, I think that you would have to buy a Powerball ticket, win, and then I would go. <laughs> So are you, you, you know that Jim Carrey quote? So you're telling me there's a chance. <laughs> so there is a chance. No, I did. It's just funny. Okay, cool. So you're at the club. Anyways, anyways I'm wearing my favorite shirt. I had I just came back from the gym early today, so I got a nice pump on. My hair is looking good. I just felt important, validated. Does it look like it looks now? Huh? <laughs> <Bro>. <laughs> John is ruthless. No, I'm good. I like this. This is good. Uh, <laughs> Anyways, I was extremely <laughs> self-confident, and it was fun. Okay, but I, so... I, um, yeah, where are we I going with this? Because, like, what, what, what? No, I have to ask, because I suppose I've never actually really considered it. But is confidence a thing that you have and don't have at certain days or certain weeks for you? For me? Oh, totally, man. Yeah. Some days I just want to... Sh- That's fascinating. Not yeah, in my say, business. Say, I'm very confident in my business. No, I would say about myself as an individual, I would I would agree with Hammer. Yeah. Well, I, I guess maybe a different de- definition of confidence, but I don't like personally. I don't relate with that statement whatsoever. Yeah, I know. And there's some like, people have, in my life. I don't feel who like also like my agree. confidence, I suppose, or my uh, my um, assessment of my abilities to deliver a certain task might change based on what I'm doing, right? But I'm talking about. confidence yeah. as an internal measurement of like my self-esteem yes, yes. does not fluctuate much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I know. And it explains like a lot of the things that I like about you is your, you know, it can come off as brashness, but like it's just a lot of time you just don't give a fuck. And that's just not because like you're a bad person. It's actually the opposite. It's because you know who you are and who you're not. And you can't, and you just yeah, simply I'm very don't much, allow I'm very much external. Not afraid of, of my shadow. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but it's like you just don't care what people say. It's like if people. I'm also not overwhelmed by the feminine. Is one thing I'm realizing. Mm. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Um, but yeah, some days it fluctuates. No, but that's a big one, though. What are you talking about? Being overwhelmed by the feminine. Yeah, I just, I guess, I don't know what that means. I'm speculating quite heavily here, but there's a there's a pretty solid chance, I would say, just based on everything I've been reading, that you're actually quite afraid of women. What's the um the elements of that conclusion? I would say the biggest thing that you're fearful of is that you won't achieve your business goals, that they'll hold you back in some way. That would be the number one fear. I could tell my number one fear I think I identified is um, is loving or like giving, putting the effort to love and then have it go sideways like I've experienced in the past. It's just that. I think that's like, a, that if I was to point to something, it's it's that. It's the time, effort, energy, money, focus into yeah, somebody it's not else. worthwhile that that it no it would be worthwhile until it isn't and now there would be like a betrayal like you know when i got cheated on or like a uh 
uh, a lapse of judgment of picking the wrong person to put all the energy on, which I went through as well. Just like a lot of like, ugh, you know, but like, obviously we got to get past that. But right now, even just the way you're speaking, you sound overwhelmed. Yeah, because it's unhandled completely. Yeah, but that, but that's exactly, but anyway, this is the... This is what I'm talking about when I was saying overwhelmed by the feminine. Oh, there you go. Oh, I see. What like you the, the same, like the, the same way that, like, like if you heard like a rookie franchisee talk about all the things that could go wrong with his franchise. Yeah, yeah, yeah fair enough. This is the same thing. This is just a rookie. Yeah, dude, I'm an amateur for sure. Like I can tell you that much. Yeah, it's pretty. Clear. And I don't mean that. In, like in, I don't mean that in a harsh. No, way. not at I all. Mean, like as in like it's like when I was a when I was a student rental operator my first year, I was very much overwhelmed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I'm, just, I'm, you know, I'm taking those pathways. You know, working on my self development. I bought a course from uh, somebody uh, like around dating and like a lot of it starts with working on yourself. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm just going to go out and I got, it's super I got two dates lined up this you, week. The way you go about things. Well, yeah, I want to learn about myself and do some work on myself, become the version of myself that deserves the person who I want to be with the mother of my children, my wife. So, Do you think that you don't have the information you need in order to? Yes. Which is an assumption I'm, like I always make generally. That, that, that's a way of being of mine. I always assume that I'm missing something. Which has positives and Here's some negatives. Maybe actually, I see. I see there's a, I think there's a distinction here to make. You you don't believe that it's readily available to you. What? The information you need. In general, in life? Yes. Well, no, no. In this exact situation, which we'll is we'll focused on the dating thing. The information you need in order to act accordingly is not readily available no, to you. I, As in, you don't know how to act accordingly. No, right? not at all, dude. Yeah. Okay, so that's, that, that answer is, of course, yes. But then the second answer is, do you actually believe that you need to seek that information externally? No, it's, Your it's it, is yes. No, I think a lot of the answers are within. Well, no, it is because you are right. Like that, but that's, that's what you're going about is that you're seeking. I'm seeking tools externally. externally to work on the internally. Okay, I I I I, I could see that. I think. Yeah, like there's certain emotions there, that there I just don't to like, like to this, feel um, that I just want to avoid. You know? Well, Amber, there might like, like you're very much in touch with your. Like there's cer there's certain like uh, aspects of being a man that you're very much in touch in touch with. That I am. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, okay. like well, you're you're very driven. You're very ambitious. Uh, you know, goal oriented. You know, like all you know, industrious. You know, you can go through all, like some of the you know some of the virtues, right? And, and you know you you know integrity. You know, you're courageous and that kind of thing, right? Appreciate that thing. Like the dragon doesn't necessarily scare you too much. No, that excites me. But the princess fucking terrifies you. Bro, I don't know what to do. Yeah, it's just like, yeah. Like I like the chase, but then when I get it, it's like, now what? You know, it's like, what? What, what now? Well, imagine this. Imagine, do you ever play Mario growing up? Uh, I, I know the game enough to, yeah, to follow along. Well, the, 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 you know, the, the, how you beat every castle or the, how you, every Mario game you beat, you jump on Bowser's yeah. head, basically, and you, the princess is behind him. Yes. 
They're just sorry. That's Amber, the you, piece did, that's missing. you didn't see that coming, you know? I didn't get it. It's like you're playing a game, but it's like you like erase the princess, like the reward. The thing is, I don't see but it Amber, as a reward. I, I don't, but but Amber, I don't think that yeah. you actually need to be a different person. Like Amber, I I think that if you were who you are here, I think that a woman would love you. Like, I don't think that you actually need to change or anything like that who you are. Oh. Like, you don't need to act differently. You don't need to, like, you don't need to have, like, some sort of slick initial call. You don't need some sort of crazy pickup No, line. I'm not looking for you tactics. You don't need some sort yeah, of... Yeah, I agree. I agree, actually. I know. I know I have the tactics down, but it's the... Uh... No, no, I'm not, no, 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 I'm not even saying the tactics down. I'm not even saying the tactics down. Amber, it's, it's... Like, I, I suppose there might be some sort of, like, way of, like, purposely making love happen. But I'm sure that Austin can testify to this. It kind of just happens on accident. 100%. Yeah. But, like, even in my other relationships. It, 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 you can't force it to happen. I guess, I guess really, like, it's not just, like, romantic relationships. Even my relationship with you guys, I feel like I could be a better friend. Sometimes I walk away from these conversations. I'm like, oh, I, I zoned out there when I'm really, I was actually interested. Um, I just feel I could do better in all my relationships. You yeah. Know I mean? Yeah. And I think that uh, based on that value or, or that belief that you have that you could do better in all your relationships, you understand that relationships are not like 50, 50, you know, like they're, if you're just committed to, to to improving it as much as you can, you just hope that the other person reciprocates that approach, right? And then you end up building a, a relationship that is inconceivably important in your life. Like the, yeah. But but there are weaknesses that I, d I don't know how to manage yet. And it's like um like when I'm disappointed when like I like fine. when disappointing like a friend. Like, you know, for example, this morning one of my chores in this house is to like have a cleaner over once a month and like i'm responsible for managing that so the cleaner came but i forgot to like give a heads up for like james and christine that the cleaner was coming today at 11 30. so they were upset so then i just spent like you know three hours after kind of beating myself up for just not thinking about giving them a heads up you know because was it was it the fact that you didn't give them a heads up or was it the fact that they were disappointed that they were disappointed, that they felt like that I didn't care enough to do so, that I wasn't thinking, that I wasn't being... The was that actually the case? No, no. No, I, I very much care about them. And... No, no, but hold on. That's actually... Hold on. But that actually... And I don't even know if that's something you can actually answer on this podcast. What? Whether or not you actually care. No, I do. I do. I do care. Well, then why do you... But so, Amber, but so then you just dropped the ball. Yeah, I know, but it's but it's this is what bothers me. It's like, it's the, it's the it's it's being misconceived. But again, you're still in the external, huh? Sorry, what you, I didn't hear what you said. It's their disappointment. The external. Yes. It's just their disappointment. Dude, yeah, that crushes me, man. Because then, because then, literally, the first thought is, it's like, oh man, like they probably don't want to be friends with me if I keep making these same mistakes. Mm. Man, you're so wrapped up in it. It's it, like it's wild. It's kind of beyond. It's kind of beyond my pay grade a little bit, but yeah, you're so wrapped up in it, man. 
like in 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 the external it's just so present for you dude i have a spreadsheet of like, like all the like mistakes a, you're I've like made. a pri- dude you're like a prisoner of um of uh yeah man like basically however other people view you is who as how you view yeah yourself. like it, the fact that you think that a relationship as serious as yours and james or like ours could end over you not telling me that a cleaner's coming is fucking insane <laughs> not to me man no no but amber but, no, but that, that kind of goes back to my point though is that like it's 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 like it's it's coming from this place of fear of yes, that correct like that that, that like it's it's very fascinating. I don't know how to I don't really know how to explain it. Emmer, do yeah. you ever you ever grew up like with a like some of your friends like all you guys do is fuck with each other? Oh, you ever so, have those friends? I just, I, like, do you have friends like that where like you just live to fuck with each other, like to get under each other's skin, no. like make make you show emotion? No, no. Okay, well this was this was my relationship with my friends easily. Like all we do is fuck with each other. Mm, and i would say all we do is a bit of an extreme like we really enjoy like yeah man i don't know i i I never really felt like i belonged even with the friends that i I have a good read on this you know yeah so i think the only way that you're gonna be able to make this work is if you can find a way to get to a point where you have unconditional love for yourself yeah 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 i agree because I'm, I'm just you know, like again. It's just, it's present for me because it's, it's, it's been like an area of focus for me. Mm-hmm. But I'm realizing that man, you are so, like, so deep in conditional love. Like you only allow yourself to love yourself. Correct. If you're performing. Correct. And you think that people only love you if you're performing. Correct. Dude. There's no course or there's no coach you're gonna that's gonna help. You just gotta that's just that's internal work, man. Yeah, I don't even know where to start. What 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 question do I ponder or meditate on? I don't know what to do. I think I think that you have to just man, I don't even know. What do you I mean, that's a tough one. Isn't there a landmark exercise that that uh you have to do throughout the process where you you talk to I think it's an SELP. I think you talk to five people that you're close with i did this yeah and just ask them why they're why they're friends with you or why they it's like my strengths weaknesses yeah 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 yeah. what is that yeah Yeah. well that 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 could be a good place to start right like no because that's more of external validation those emails no but you're going to realize that it has nothing to do with your performance no a couple of them were like strengths like integrity i'm reliable to a lot of people in my life so if I stop being reliable, I'm like, you know, um, no, but, no, but I, I just don't see a world where you're going to be able to love other people if you don't love yourself. Yeah. Like you got to, you got to fill your own cup first, you know, when the, uh, yeah, when the masks, when the masks come down on the aircraft, you got to put the first one on yourself. This, you know? this is, this is, Amber, I don't think it's, I don't think it's a how thing. Like, I think you're, I think you're, I think you're approaching this, like how you approach everything else in life, which is that you're just going to be able to figure out the answer. Like, well, you figured just, out like, the answer. So there is an no. answer. No. No. What are you talking about? No. There, I, yeah. I don't... I don't think it's a box you check off and it's just you never have to worry about it ever again. Bruh. Like you're looking to like you're looking to like flip a switch and just walk away from it, I think. 
Yeah, it's just yeah. Correct. Yeah, which means that if you ever were in a relationship with someone who wasn't performing, you're then like, let's say as a partner, you'd be also inclined to break up with them because of their performance in one given moment. Well, it's the mirror. Yeah, for sure. Amber, I think, uh, Amber, I think it's, a. I mean, I think an exercise that would probably be helpful is for you to write down all of the conditions that you've placed on your love for yourself. Yeah, actually, that's a great exercise. Like one of your conditions might be that you have a nice beard. I, I know that may seem simple, but I'm, I'm, I, I, that might be it. Maybe that's maybe that's Bammer's criteria. No, but we, we talked about this. I feel like you're contradicting yourself. If I quit everything I'm doing now and go work at McDonald's, you literally said you wouldn't be friends with me. No, Hammer. You did he say it. that? No, he didn't. Yes, he did. He 100% John, did. John, did you say that? Don't, no, he didn't. I actually had a conversation with Trisha about that afterwards and said that I contradicted myself. So don't worry, I'm aware of it. Um, it's not that... <laughs> There, there's there's um it's kind of like the, it's 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 a similar paradox to like the preferred indifference the stoics have it's like yes i want to book this job like i have a i have a preference towards it but i'm not attached to that outcome dude why would you be friends with me if all of a sudden i just started showing up late on the podcast smoked weed and just was working at mcdonald's even though that like made me happy like why i don't get it why would I still be friends with yes. you? Yes. It's a genuine... I wouldn't. Yeah. Thank you. But it doesn't mean I wouldn't love you. <laughs> now you're fucking with them. Uh, no, I'm not. Okay, then no, why, I'm not. why are you not friends with no, somebody you love? What? No, no. I, I think... What, are you saying that like you just would talk to him less because you'd have less things to chat about? Or is it like... Yeah. 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 It wouldn't be because I hate you. It wouldn't be. It wouldn't be. It wouldn't be out of like a lack of love or anything like that. What's the point of it just, love? It wouldn't be if, a compatible situation. Not even spending time situation. with the people. No, but Amber, it wouldn't be a workable situation. Amber, like you can love someone to the point that like you can read like like for example, you know like I I I I truly believe that I actually still have love for my friend Sean. I clearly do. I was best friends with the guy. Yeah. Like he was he was the first friend I ever had when I moved to Kelowna. Day one football practice, he's the guy that came up to me and said, hey man, we're both the small guys. Right? I, I was friends with him all the way all the way until like first year of university, right? There was time like there was times where where I found myself, you know, I, I had a obviously you guys still know I have a big mouth. And there was times where that, that, you know, when you're younger, you, you misuse it. And there's times where guys were trying to beat me up and fucking Sean came to my defense. Like Sean actually knocked a guy out right fucking cold in front of me. Like the guy was trying to beat me up. Like, I love the guy. I hung out with him every single day, every single morning for many years. I woke up and he was the first phone call I made every single day. I don't love the guy any less just because I'm not friends with him. It's not workable. I love the guy so much that I'm not willing to be friends with him anymore. Because then if you were friends with him, you start to resent him. And then there would be no more love. It gets really complicated really quick. But it's, it, if a relationship is toxic, it's it's no longer workable. L love is not staying in the relationship. That's the cloak of love. It's not love. 
Mm-hmm. I guess if you decided to, if you decided that you were going to no longer put any effort into this relationship and that you were just going to, you know, not hold yourself to a, uh, to any sort of standard, you were just going to let yourself go completely and just give up on life, then yeah, it wouldn't be a workable relationship. I would still have a deep love for you. No, okay, well, let's say I'm, I am trying my absolute best and it's not enough. But no, but, but that, that wouldn't, that wouldn't matter. I don't understand what you mean. Like, let's say I am doing my absolute best to be friends with you guys, but I like, I just, but Amber, you have to separate love from friendship. Like, cause, cause by you, by you even putting friendship and love in the same category, that's just another, that, that you're just, that's a meta conditional love. <laughs> yeah. Amber, like the way, the way you participate in a conversation, not because you're a business person but strictly just because you're amor the way like the way you like try to like crack a joke or like be serious or like the, the things that you say and don't say like those are all things that go into someone's appreciation of you not not what you do so if you decided to yeah quit what you're doing and work at mcdonald's personally i would still be your friend like i i, I wouldn't like as your friend, I'd talk to you about why you made that decision, but it's not like I, you'd be any less of my friend. Um, yeah, because mm. because honestly, man, what that means is that you wouldn't be friends with someone who's beneath you in terms of like earnings and social rank, which would be kind of weird, right? Because what you're saying, yeah, but it's is not true. Because like in my life, Amber, I, I, I have am a friend. friend who works at Cactus Club. I don't think that's any better than McDonald's. I'm still friends with the guy. Yeah, I, I have friends as well that are not. Yeah. So businesses. what's the problem? Yeah. No, what's the problem? But 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 Amber. But if my friend, yeah, I guess this. Uh, if my friend then when it became a heroin addict, I wouldn't. I, I, it was not a workable relationship. Yeah. Amber, right now you you and I know what like what like what you're capable of. If you decided to just turn your back on all of that, you and I probably wouldn't be as close of friends. I don't. I wouldn't love you any yeah. less, but I don't think you and I would be as close as friends. Yeah, like if I decided that I didn't want to run a business at all anymore and, and, and essentially just wanted to work a regular job, that would be my decision. And let's say I did that. Well, I would still expect that like my friendship with John, my friendship with Ammer like we'd still kind of we still get along the same way but there just probably wouldn't be as much for me to chat about on these weekly calls right it would yeah i think i would i would yeah no our friendship is predicated yeah on i know but i'm just thinking like my not, involvement yeah. maybe in the podcast would start to dwindle away but then that would be a result of my choice and mm-hmm. i wouldn't be like expecting that i would actually look to be this is my point of view is like i would look i i may change my opinion of you guys if you guys were to say hey austin like you decided that you're not going to run a business anymore um we're not going to be your friend anymore and this is kind of where that's ending i would have been like are you guys serious and and if you were serious i'd be like wow that's insane that that was predicated on me running a business the whole time I didn't know that you were that like, you know, like you were basing our relationship on an external factor. See you later. Like I would be just as happy to part ways with you if you were not going to be friends with me because of like a something like that, you know, like I look at that. I, I, I hope you guys are seeing what I'm trying to say. 
right? Mm-hmm. But, yeah, no, yeah. there's kind of like, a, there's a saying, it's like, you see who your real friends are. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah like... Yeah. But at the same time, though, people sometimes, I mean, like, one of the reasons why I wasn't, I discontinued being friends with Sean was because he was weaponizing that against yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, he was, per- like, he was choosing to underperform in yes. life and then using the weapon. Yes. Of, yeah, but dude, like, real friends don't care about that yes. kind of thing. It's like, nah, dude, you're now weaponizing yes. this. It's it's kind of like the customer's always right bullshit. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Ah, you're trying to weaponize that against me yeah. right now. Like you're trying to like force me to continue being your friends, your friend, even though you don't, you know. Like Amber, if you did something, let's say, like that wasn't, um, the way you would classify it as like not performing, right? So doing something like that would be against your performance or development. And if I were to actually think differently about my relationship with you the appropriate response would be for you to be like, Hey Austin, what the fuck? (laughs) You know, it's not the other way around, you know? Hmm. Where'd you guys learn all this? Like you, I mean, I don't, I don't even know, but I mean like if James was like, well, do you know where I think I learned a lot of this is through love. Yeah. Relationships. Like through loving Trisha. Yeah. man. five years in, what are you talking about, man? Like Amber five years. Like I'm five, like the same way, like five years into like my Stumers career, I, I knew a little bit like, like right now, like I'm as knowledgeable probably as I am, but, but as in I'm a complete like amateur still. But one of the first things I learned about, and, and not even actually one of the first things, to be honest, actually, it's, it's actually embarrassingly, it's actually come very late in the career of, that I've had so far with Trisha, but it's boy psychology. To, I think it's boy psychology to have conditional love. And I think that's based on uh, like a tyrant, like a tyrant has conditions. Yeah, Emmer, you might as well you might as well walk around with a T-shirt that says what you're currently sold at for the year. <laughs> yeah, that way I can judge you appropriately. Could you actually come prepared to the call with your sales for the week so I could feel closer to you? But Emmer, think about who you're. But think about what kind of woman you're going to attract as well. If you guys both have conditional love for one another. Yeah. No. 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 I think about what. Think about what kind of a relationship you're going to have. Like, man, if I, like, don't book, like, let's say I go out. There was a day last year where I had four estimates, and I went 0 for 4, and I was so fucking pissed off. And I came home, and, like, I was just visibly pissed, and Miranda could tell. And we spoke about it for, like, 20 minutes. And then I, like, you know, like, she helped me, like, think my way out of it because I was being, like, essentially, like, uh, I was just being moronic. Like, I was it was super, like, brat. yeah, I was being a brat. Um but the only way she would have been able to do that for me or with me is if she wasn't judging me for not performing. Hmm. Early on in uh, Trish and I's relationship, I remember her and I were like sitting at this apartment. And I think I mentioned this on the podcast before, but her and I were sitting at this apartment that I was renting at the time. Actually, I was not even renting the apartment. I was renting a bedroom in the apartment, <laughs> like $300. And... I like was like severely in debt. Not that she knew that, but that's fine. And uh, might have actually been a requirement, but either way. And then <laughs> um, we we're sitting in it. We're having cheese and, and whatever. It was like it was like a cheap, you know, like like salami and like pepperoni stick and like you know cheddar cheese chunk thing from like Safeway. Like it was like twenty bucks and like a really cheap bottle of wine. And I remember just like sitting there and I was like, you know, like. I think that over the course of our life, like the cheese and the wine will all get higher quality The you know, like, like the, you know, like the, the room, the, the apartment will get higher quality, but like, 
the only thing that really matters is this, like you and I, you know? Wow. Wow. Like all of that can do whatever it does. And like our, our fortunes will rise and fall. But like this is what matters. Yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah. Dude, I, like look at your parents, man. Like they, 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 like they have an amazing story about like bringing their children to Canada. Like think about yeah. their relationship, like the, the, the dichotomy they have. Maybe it's good. Maybe it's bad. I actually don't know anything about your parents' relationship, but I'm just saying like, I actually must, don't know if it's good or bad. I just don't know. But they I must, haven't seen like, any other parents interact. Right. But they must like have a pretty ornate understanding of that. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Anyways, I appreciate that. Okay. Any, any final thoughts here, lads, before we wrap up? No, I just want to thank you guys. Let's just keep getting after it. Yeah. Agreed. Indeed. It's the only thing we know how to do. No, no I'm kidding. Yeah. Well, that's what we yeah, do. You better get after it or else no one's going to love you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you Amber's don't perform like, don't at your say 100%, that. <laughs> then... I have to mute my audio. <laughs> yeah, bro. I Sorry. Like 20% okay, less. Now it's... Uh, my audio gets... Okay, guys. It's 8.30 now, and Ammer has it's lost done. the right to speak. Uh, <laughs> so we're going to mute his ass. He uh, underperformed last week. He if slept, I miss... He slept in on Friday, and that was unacceptable. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, boys. Good shot. Okay, yeah, good shot. I appreciate you guys. Thanks.